Welcome to the 351st episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we'll be talking about it. Today, we are recording on August 27th, 2023. My name is Brad Galloway. I'm the editor of GameCritics.com, and I'm also 50% of this here show. With me is the man whose lips are sealed, Carlos Rodella. Oh, I want to talk about Starfield so bad. But we won't. But we won't. I will talk about it also later, but not now. But not now. And we can announce this, though. We can. Uh, a Starfield announcement without talking about Starfield, which is you and I have already talked about it because we've been playing it. Yes, we had first day impressions, which we first, recorded. Yeah, like first four or five hours of playing Literally it. Literally five hours after we downloaded, we talked about it immediately. Yep. And then that's an hour talk. And then we're going to have another one this week. Yes, so um, special episode coming. So special episode's coming on the day that the embargo drops, which yeah. is Thursday, I believe. I think I think you're correct. I think it's Thursday. So that night, or whatever time the embargo drops, we will have a very special Starfield-focused episode on that day. And we'll still do the regular show like that weekend or whatever, but this is just like a little bonus episode because um, without saying anything, I feel like we will have a lot to say. Yeah, I mean, it's a massive game. Everyone's, like, you know, excited yeah. about it, and they want to hear words about it, and we have a lot of words about it, so. We do, we do. So look forward to that, folks. There you go. All right. Well, here we are. We are back. Welcome back, Carlos. It's been a little while. How you doing? It's only been a week. I think I'm gone, like, a week each time. It's not that long. I mean, time is relative. You could have, like, generations of mayflies coming and going. They could develop mayfly technology that would be risen and then fall back into primitive life again in the time that you're away from the show that's true yeah. so i mean you know, it's all relative there's probably generations ages. generations that we're missing out on here yeah. but you're back it's been seven human days ish or maybe is it 14 days whatever it doesn't matter it's been you're days. back we got a lot of stuff to talk about and we need to start off with some housekeeping uh folks you know that carlos and i share a virtual living space divided down the middle with a strip of duct tape his side my side things are a mess not so much of a mess, and we're going to tidy up anyway. That's right, it's housekeeping. Carlos, I've got a couple things. Uh, maybe not a ton of things, but i got a couple things. What do you got on your side, Carlos? i got a couple small boxes, but the big, huge, like, just destruction of the room in the back there, uh, all these crazy, like, furniture and boxes and things. Hot destruction of the back there. That sounds like yeah. a bad date. Well, <laughs> it's a destruction <laughs> of our room, for sure. Yes. Um, it's Gamescom. That happened. Oh, uh, shit, it did happen. Yeah, opening night live, uh, which is Jeff Keighley's show, and, you know, just so much stuff to unpack there. I don't think I'm going to unpack any of it this episode. No. Um, we There's just actually too much stuff, and I will also say that every time I go to YouTube, because of Gamescom, there's just, like, another, like, direct or something, and Ugh. I just can't do it anymore. There's just too much stuff. It's too much, and I got, yeah, I mean, I, I got... A hojillion emails about Gamescom. And I got it like God's honest truth, dude. There was so many and I was so busy. I'm just like anything that had the word Gamescom in it, delete. Because nothing's coming out right now. It's all about we're announcing for December. We're announcing for 2024. And I'm like, bro, that is so far away. I yeah. don't have I don't have bandwidth for it. So I was deleting those. And then I got something about there's another fucking um, Steam thing coming up. Some other Steam Fest. Is it? Oh, my uh, goodness. I don't know. I forget which fest it is, but it's like another fest. And I'm like, I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. It's too much. I can't. Too much stuff should be the name of the podcast. It, it, there really oh, is too much out there. I'm going to say I'm going to write that down. Um, opening night live, though, I will say a couple notes I took down. One, um, they had another person rush the stage, which is like the second time in a row now for Jeff. I thought they were going to 
button that up and not let that happen again. Well, I don't know. How do you do it with security? I don't know. And what's weird is that every time someone rushes stage, they don't say anything interesting or cool. It's like the same thing about Bill Clinton and just weird stuff that doesn't make any sense. And then this guy yelled about GTA 6 wanting to play it. Um, So it's stupid. How dumb. Anyways, a couple of highlights, though. You like Little Nightmares, right? That game? Yeah, I do Little Nightmares. Yeah, I do. Yeah, they showed the announcement for Little Nightmares 3. So that was kind of cool. That's cool. And unexpected. Um, But a ton of stuff he showed at Opening Night Live was just like a lot of free-to-play games Mm. and like uh, games as service games. And I don't know, a lot of it's paying the bills for him. I'm sure. But it just wasn't really, you know, exciting or anything like that. I don't Um, really have room in my life for those. No, they do take up so much time, too. Uh, The other thing that looked interesting, though, was that um, speaking of kind of a free to play, I don't know if it's going to be free to play, but it's the Crimson Desert game. It just looks beautiful. It's like a melee RPG action RPG game. But I know it's this kind of games as a service game. So I feel like we had Black Desert. And then we Online. had that other one that yep. you. The, what do we, what's the one we just played that was just in the desert recently? Black Desert Online. No, no, no. The other oh. one. It wasn't a free to play. The one where you. Uh, we argued about whether you got. Oh, the money Atlas in the Fallen. Atlas Fallen. That yeah. was in a desert. Now we got Crimson Desert. There's also yeah. Sandland is coming. Everybody's yeah. on a desert kick right now. Maybe because they know the planet's going to turn into that. Oh, Jesus. A little pink in my future. Fuck. I know. It's hot enough. Anyways. Yikes. Anyway. Um, and then let's see. What else did they show? Oh, by the way, in that, they showed the Starfield. Um, live action trailer which i thought was done really well i just tangent i hate all live action trailers i think they are a complete waste of time and money well they're just a, a fake out they're like yeah here's a vibe but it's not really the game yeah so, i don't yeah. give a shit what your vibe is i want i care what it is in the game and like every time somebody every time somebody does that i'm like i appreciate you giving work to actors um as long as they're complying with the sag after strikes we're still supporting them but like it's just it's just a waste because it doesn't matter because that's not what the game is and i feel like I never watch any live action trailers, and every time Pierre sends me one, I'm like, "This is this is garbage. Don't send this to me." Yeah. Well, anyways, anyways uh, the other couple of things is Marvel Snap on Steam, which I texted you about. Yeah, that's um, cool. That's kind of cool. Yeah, and that's cool. Phantom Liberty they talked about, which is the Cyberpunk DLC coming very oh, soon. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought of you immediately when I saw that. Which is so funny because they really went into depth on like all the new weapons, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm just going to use my knife." Did they name check you during that presentation? Because I feel like they should. Why? Because I played the game so much? Yeah, because you played the game so much. You talk about it so much. I feel like they should be up there like, hey, they should. we're going to be doing uh, Cyberpunk. And hey, Carlos Rodella, if you're watching, this is for you. Like, I yeah. feel like they should call you out a little bit. Here's more content for you because you've already like made your own game within we, the game. We've tracked your play habits and we know what you've been doing. We need you to play this now, Carlos. Oh, you know, by the way, the first thing. What is the first thing? Let's see how good Brad knows me. Oh, no. Although I don't think you'll know this, but how, what do you think the first thing I'm going to do when I boot up Cyberpunk when the DLC patch has been added? Um, I, well, I haven't played Cyberpunk, so I'm a little bit of a disadvantage, but I bet you're probably going to go check on Pan Am. No, I should. That's, that is a good second thing I should do. Oh, okay. What's Sorry, your first Pan thing? Am. First thing I'm going to do, uh, I do with every single patch, is I go to that major wall and try to get over it. Oh, <laughs> remember? Wall. Yes, I remember the wall. And the wall, by the way, every time I get over the wall, which should be a separate podcast because I've done so many things over on the other An side of the cyberpunk wall. About trying to get over that wall. Yeah. And I use these cars floating in the air to do it every time. And it works every time. They can't patch me out. By the way, if you all listen in uh, cyberpunk devs, you can't get me. I, I'm going to always get over your wall. But anyways, I, get, I just go over there and to see if they've done anything because there's all these like unused assets out there. 
Have we talked about this on the show? We have, we have talked okay, about okay. this before, yeah. And there's like a, a farmhouse and a town and stuff, and they like a lot of static NPCs. It's just the storage area for the shit they're not using. They just got to stick it yeah, in there somewhere. Yeah, some know? of it is, and some of it actually looks like it's you know functioning, like it's a real town. But anyways, I always go over there to see what's going on. So that's the first thing I'm going to do. Uh, and then I'm going to kill everything with my knife because my knife does like 5,000 damage. Right. So Well, I, I'm looking forward to a report from... Uh, What's up with Pan Am? Because I know you guys had a thing going for a while. It kind of well, cooled off a bit. And then, you know, maybe there's something there. We still we still got something. It's just we haven't talked in a while. We just need more content. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there are a couple of things besides Gamescom. And again, a million things are happening. And we're not going to cover them all. Um, I'm sure other big, huge announcements were made or something. But uh, yeah, Warframe is making Soul Frame. Soul Frame. Yeah, I saw that. I don't know. They, uh, you like Warframe a lot, didn't you? I love Warframe. You know, I love Warframe. Warframe is fucking fantastic. But the problem with Warframe is that you have to keep up with it, right? It's very huge. In fact, it's so huge. I know I mentioned this in the show before. I wrote a beginner's guide for Warframe. And even the Warframe devs like retweeted and stuff. I had a lot of people who read it because a lot of people were interested in Warframe and had no fucking idea how to start playing. So I wrote this whole guide and I got into it. I played more than 200 hours of it. I finished... What was at the time the main campaign, which is huge. Um, and then I stopped playing for a while. And when I came back, I didn't remember how to play. It was all new. They had improved so much, added so much. I was like, I'm lost. I need someone to write a starter guide for me because I don't even know how to get back into this now. So mm. it's I love Warframe so much. And I every time I think about it, I want to come back to it. But it's like its own thing, right? Just like I don't have time for the free-to-play games. I don't have time to really like keep up with warframe as much as i love it and i do love it i think it's great i really do right but that's what soul frame is going to be the um another thing to get into because it's an <sighs> rpg version of you know that yeah and it's totally thing. different it's like humans and medieval something it's not it's not even remotely like warframe no no i, I mean it's not supposed to be it's supposed yeah, to be yeah, like, like total different yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah so anyways i just bring it up because you say you know they did it really well and that kind of ecosystem really well so if they, they did. do that with action rpg then uh, you know i might check it out I mean, I'll check it out, too. I really support um, Digital Extremes. They're a great developer. Um, your buddy that does the uh, the Noclip stuff, he did a really great documentary on them. That was really interesting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and Warframe, I think, is probably one of the... I mean, I haven't played every free-to-play game out there, but I've played a lot, and most of them are crap. But I feel like Warframe is probably one of the very few that really does it well. And I... Oh, man. I spent so much time in the game. I put so much money into that game just because I was having a great time. My wife got into it. Yeah. My kid got into it. We were doing like these missions together and stuff. And like, oh man, good game. But oh, it's it's like a job, dude. It's like a job almost. Right. Well, anyways, uh, we won't go through any more stuff and updates. There are things out there. Use the internet. Uh, things it's happened. Free. Yeah. 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 That's it. What else you got? And that's all you got? Okay. I got some stuff. I think, yeah, I had a couple little boxes, but I'm pushing them to the side. Okay. I got a couple things. Um, I wanted to circle back really quickly on last week's show. Um, at that time, I brought up both Blasphemous 2 mm-hmm. and Black Skylands. Now, if you listen to last week's show, you know I love both these games. Both these games are excellent. They are excellent games. That has not changed. But at the time I recorded last week, I hadn't finished either one of them. And I was like, well, I'll probably finish them by next week. I'll circle back. I'll give them an official Soviet game score, and then we'll just move on with their lives. I am sad to say I did not finish either one. Uh, I really, I will. Those are on my short list of games to finish this year, uh, but I just got busy with other things for the show, and I got busy with real work in real life, and so I just haven't had time 
to go back and finish those. But I, I do want to reassure everyone, um, still having a great time with Blasphemous 2. I think it's great, wonderful. Uh, I, I really love Black Skylands too. I think the game is fun as fuck. So both of those are still thumbs up all the way. Uh, but I will come back with an official score at some point in the future, hopefully sooner rather than later. All right. Um, the only other thing I have here for the housekeeping is the Logitech Adaptive Esports Rocket League Tournament. Their semifinal was on Friday, and it is Sunday, so two days ago. And I want to just get the word out there. This is a great tournament for any players with disabilities to participate. They have three different categories of disability, and then you can get in, find your right category, you can compete, and then they're offering, I think, a $25,000 prize pool for the final, which is next week. Uh, I am doing the ASL, American Sign Language Interpreting, for that show, so if you tune in, I believe it's uploaded to YouTube, you can watch it. Uh, it airs live, and we do it live, but you don't have to watch it live. You can go back and watch the recording, so you'll see me there doing my thing in the little corner if you want to if you want to follow along. Um, but it's a great, it's a great uh, program. It's a great opportunity. I think it's a wonderful starting place to show that gamers with disabilities can compete just like anybody else can. And man, watching, the, I suck ass at Rocket League. I don't know if you're any good at Rocket oh, League. Oh no, I'm, I'm bad. I'm terrible at Rocket League. And when I'm watching these people play, I'm like, holy shit! How are you people? How are you doing this like aerial flip? reset and like the shots yeah. that they make and the demolitions on the go and i'm like oh dude i didn't i i got nothing I, you guys would roll me so hard if i played you so we're not going to do that but anyway the logitech adaptive esports tournament is up you, you can watch the whole you can watch last year's uh you can watch this year's all the way up to the semifinal. the final is next week i will be on that show as well so tune in you can catch me there and uh that's it just check it out and please let your friends know if you got friends who are interested in disability circles or if they're disabled themselves, let them know. They can jump in and compete uh, just like anybody else. Cool. Check yeah. it out. Good stuff. That's all I've got for housekeeping. Anything else? You're good? Still good? Let's close it up. Let's close it up. Let's move on to the main show. So we're going to change things up a little bit. Carlos, we usually kick it to you, but I think because of the number of games we got today, I'm going to start first, if that's all right with you. No, it's not all right with me. Oh, man. Yeah. Okay. Show right. canceled. Canceled. I got it. See you next week, folks. We see gotta... you next week. See you next week. All right. Talking first about a game that I did mention quickly last week, and I did actually finish this one called Venba, V-E-N-B. Oh, I know yeah. I mentioned it to you. Did you ever have time to no, check I it out? No, I didn't check it out, and I know it's going to be good, and you're going to say awesome things about it. Okay. Yeah, okay. So this is my official So Video Games review of Venba. Uh, I played it last week. Uh, it's on Game Pass for free, uh, you know, quote-unquote free. It's also, like, on basically every other platform known to man, so you should check it out. It's basically the story of immigrants from India who come to Canada and they start a family. And that's really what the game is about, right? Um, but it's told in kind of like a semi-point-and-click, semi-visual novel, semi-kind of cooking minigame sort of a thing. Um, Venba is the name of the mom. And she and her husband are there. They start a family. Um, they have a baby. And it kind of just chronicles their life. Like, in... What I like about it is, number one, the art style is amazing. Uh, the music is also amazing. And I think it's just really a, a short, I want to say like 90 minutes, maybe two hours, depending on how badly you mess up the cooking. But it's pretty easy. So probably like more like a 90 minute thing. They get in and they are really surgical about how they tell their story. Like they just get in, they give the highlights, they paint the picture. If you are, I mean... You don't have to be an immigrant to understand the themes that are going on here. I bet it'll help if you have like family who are from another country or if you're like a first generation person yourself or maybe your mom and dad have different traditions than you do. 
uh, and you're kind of caught in the middle. They explore that quite a bit. Their son, his name is Kavin, K-A-V-I-N, is kind of that first generation kid where like he's growing up in America, was born in, or I'm sorry, in Canada and growing up in Canada. But his mom and dad are from India. So they have this kind of culture clash going on and they do their best to raise um, raise Kevin. And it's really good. They have these moments in the game. I'm not going to spoil anything, but, you know, I've got I've got um, I've got two kids myself and, uh, you know, I'm a parent and uh, having kids is just like it's like its own thing and i think that maybe it'll hit different for people who have kids or if you are an adoptive parent or a foster parent or if you are a parental figure i don't think you need to like biologically have kids but just like if you've got a younger person in your life that you're kind of looking out for and that you you know i feel like you're going to really connect on this a lot like some of the discussions the the mom and the dad have in this game totally got me dude like one it was like they were reading my mind dude like the mm. same shit like really universal themes and then on top of that just the cultural stuff was really great um i gotta say also you're gonna want to go find an indian grocery store right after you finish this game i thought because, so. oh fuck dude all the food yeah. they make i'm like oh fuck i'm so i i'm hungry i wanted some indian food so my wife and i are we are going to locate an indian grocery store we've got a couple around us uh fortunately so we're going to go do that and i want to um, make some of the recipes they made in there and it looks like I mean, obviously, they simplify them for a video game. I get it's not that easy. But, like, some of those, I feel like we could probably do those. Me and my wife are pretty good at cooking already. So I feel like we, we got the skills to pull it off. And, man, I'm looking at some of those things. I like, they did this one biryani dish. And I'm like, oh, oh. I need that, like, right now. Okay, I so need it. real quick tangent on yeah, yeah, Indian yeah. cooking. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of friends who are Indian. And a, a lot of friends in my last company I worked at actually directly from India came over. Okay. And then actually cooked me a meal. Oh, so man. I have firsthand experience. Uh, Briani's tough. Okay, so Briani's tough. <laughs> so don't don't be like, oh, I'll just cook up some Briani. No, Briani's a, a tough one. To I get don't think right. I'm gonna nail it, but I feel like we could try. Like I bet we could get there. You'll within, have like, you'll have three the, attempts. Here's what it is: you'll have the Brad version of chicken probably, Briani, probably. Because right? when I was, um, you know, these guys were working on it like for a while in the kitchen, and yeah. they're like, it's not quite right, and I'm like, shit. Like, what is it? There's like this certain thing to get Briani right. But anyways, sure, sure, sure. things like, you know, the basic stuff um, and a lot of like tiki masala, I think, kind of stuff. As long as you can get the sauce right, it's really about the sauce with those. Oh, yeah. India is all about the sauce. Yeah. Great. And the yeah. spices within that sauce, that ratio. Exactly. And then the chicken being good chicken. But I remember the last time um, they cooked for me, it was halal chicken, too. Oh, okay. I don't know right. if that makes a difference. And to all those people out there who listen to us who only eat halal, um, I'll say this. It it felt like it was different. It felt like it was better because what they told me is that, um, and I'm not sure if I can make getting this right, but this is what I, I heard, that when you have a chicken that you've killed and you prepare it like in the halal style, yeah, you bloodlet it, which means like you just let the blood out sure. in a certain way. Sure. And it's not a it's butchery kind of thing. And the fact is the energy, this is what they say, the energy stays more in the chicken. Hmm. It's like the whole life or soul hasn't left it. And so when you eat it, they said it gives you more like energy. Interesting. I don't know. I don't know anything about. I mean, I know what halal is like. I mean, where I live in Seattle, we have tons of Muslim people around. And when you go to the grocery store, they have like an entire halal section. Mm -hmm. So I know about it. I mean, roughly, but like I'm not an expert. So I don't know like the details of it. That sounds interesting. But Yeah, that's the kind of info I got in that one yeah. day. And uh, anyways, long tangent over. It's hard to cook it good, but anyone can like prepare it. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I'll probably do a shitty version and then maybe like a slightly less shitty version and then maybe like the ninth time we do it, it'll be pretty okay. Right, but the but, shitty version is going to taste great probably. Yeah, probably so. But man, it looks so good. So anyway, you're going to want to find some Indian food like stat. Like, in fact, maybe get some before you play the game so that you can just like immediately yeah. pivot to eating right after. Mm-hmm. That would be a smart move. But I love the art style. I love the story. And like real talk, like I said on the show last week, like I cried like twice in this game and it's like 90 minutes, dude. My wife was in fucking tears when I came around the corner and saw her playing this. And I was like, oh, my God, what's going on? And she's like, I'm playing this fucking game. And she was busted up. I was busted up. Like, you may not cry if you don't have kids or anything. Like I said, it probably hits different if you got kids. But even so, you will feel the story of these people. You will feel what they go through. It's just it's human emotion. It's human issues. It's relatable. Yeah. And it doesn't you don't have to be an Indian person. You don't have to be an immigrant. These are just like human stories. It was Kick ass, dude. I love this game. It was so great. And I loved especially that they got in, told the story, got out, did what they needed to do. Really effective with their time, like surgical, like I said. I feel right. overall, um, I, I give this the official So Video Games 8.5. I thought it was wonderful. Nice. I had a great time That's with great. it. That's yeah. great. And I do stuff. like that it is uh, representative of Indian culture. You know, it. You, like you said you don't have to be, but yeah. it's great to see more of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and yeah. then secondly, I don't have a family, so it's not going to hit the same for me at all. And I can recognize what you probably got from it because of that. So, but I'll go for just like the, you know, emotional stuff. Oh, yeah. And, and 90 minutes, it. dude. Like, it's it's so worth it. That's like such a low bar to clear oh, for yeah. so many games we play. It's absolutely worth it. So I'm downloading 5. it right after this. 8.5. Wonderful. Loved it. Ven, but let's do more of this stuff. I would love it. I would love it. Asterisk okay. to that. If you happen to be in San Francisco and you're listening to our podcast, you are in for a treat because you can listen to this review buy the game, get excited, like Brad said, to for Indian food afterwards. And then in San Francisco, go to a place called Little Deli. It okay. is hands down the best place in all of San Francisco for Indian food. Whoa, okay. Bonus, I mean, bonus it's, content. There. It's one of my favorite Indian foods that I've ever had ever. And I've been all over the world. Well, a lot of ch- chunks of the world. <laughs> Many chunks of the world. I haven't yes, been so. to India, so I can't, okay. you know. But so I'm there may you, be better Indian food in India. We must entertain the possibility. In India, India, yeah. Very possible. Okay, excellent. So Venba, great stuff. Everybody, please check it out. And yeah, like Carla said, I love seeing their story, the Indian aspect of this. I would love to see more stories that are not centered around America or Canada or white people. There's a million stories out there that we can tell, yep. and I'm, I am open to them. So bring them. Bring them. Um, let me do one more real quick, and I'll turn it over to you, Carlos. Quickie here. It's a game called Save Koch, I guess. K-O-C-H. I never know how to pronounce that word. Oh, yeah. I see it in the uh, the store, and I didn't know what it was. Yeah, it's a really interesting thing. I feel like it probably comes from Eastern European developers because it's got that vibe to it. If you know, if you know, you know. Uh, Eastern European developers have a very specific vibe to them. It's kind of like this like black humor, cynical nihilistic sort of a vibe which i guess is probably representative of the the culture and the and the political scene they come from i could be wrong but i would probably bet money that it's from that part of the world you look it up keep looking up this is a really interesting one uh so basically it's kind of like a point and click and it's also kind of like a clicker um you play a so everybody in this world is like anthropomorphized which means it's people but they look like animals except one person who's like a straight up human and i don't know why that was really inconsistent and weird to me. I'm not sure why that happened. But everybody is an animal person, like a half pig, half human. There's a dog person. There's a horse person. Uh, I think I guess, yeah, there might be some other. A duck, maybe? I can't remember if there's a duck. And then one human who's an alcoholic. Maybe that's got something to do with it. 
and your person is this pig person. So basically, you are, uh, I don't know, the head of like this illegal organization and someone's come and kill you. So your um, bodyguard takes you away to a safe location. It's like a safe room and you're locked inside the safe room. And what you have in front of you is a bunch of TV screens and a telephone and like one other thing. And also like one of those boards that's got the red strings on it, like the clue board for any detective mm. show, you know, mm -hmm. where the red strings connect to everything. So basically you're in this room and you're calling the shots. Now, let me back up for a second. Um, they don't explain basically anything in this game. And I feel like that really hurts it a lot because you start off and it's like, who am I? What's going on? Who, who's good and who's bad what's happening you don't know the relationship of like who you are or to who the people talking to you are in fact when the game started i thought i was getting kidnapped by bad guys but actually no it was my own bodyguard saving my life uh -huh. and i it took me a while to figure out that's what actually happened right so like they need to explain who you are what your relationship is to people what your relationship is to the city etc etc you don't know anything about anything and you're asked immediately to start making choices about who do you trust what should you do? Where should you send people? Because the gameplay is you're inside your safe room. You're looking at a map. And then these little situations will pop up on the map. And this is kind of like a point and click slash clicker game where it'll be like, uh, somebody was killed in block A. You need to investigate and find out if it was related to your person. And then it'll be, at the same time, it'll be like uh, bank robbery, bank robbery in section B. Do we stop it or do we swoop in and help them or what do we do? And so you have like three or four operatives, four operatives. And you can choose. Um, you've got like, uh, you know, your your bodyguard person. You've got a, a torturer. You've got a thief. You've got a whatever, whatever. You have different different uh, people you can choose. And you send them hoping that the, the, the person you send's skills will be correct for the situation that you are sending them to. So, for example, if you are doing surveillance on somebody. Hey, there's somebody in the park. We need to surveil them. You want to send somebody who's sneaky. That way they will be successful at doing surveillance. If you send... The torture guy, he's just like a bull in a china shop. He'll just, you know, run up and the, the report comes back and it just says failure. So you don't really see it happening. Mm. You dispatch a guy, you wait for a few minutes, the report comes back and it's like success or failure. So you're kind of just like managing that kind of thing, which I think is fine. Like, I think the gameplay is okay, but like, I just don't know what the fuck is going on and I don't know who anybody is. And the underlying theme to all of this is that there's supposedly like a mole in your organization and you're supposed to figure out who it is. But I don't I don't know anything. How are you supposed to figure out who the mole is when you don't have any information whatsoever? Um, the, the more missions you do, sometimes little clues will be filled on in each person. You can look at the profile and it'll be like, oh, the horse guy has failed you three times. Is he the mole and he's intentionally sabotaging you or is he just a fuck up? I don't know. You know, and like you don't really get anything concrete. And so I just feel like I feel like the developers know what's going on in this game and they just don't really bother to share any of that with you, which mm. is a shame because I think this premise is pretty cool. I think the way that you play the game is pretty cool. I was into the idea of being like this guy in the safe house and you're kind of the big boss dispatching guys. That's pretty cool. But you just you just don't know anything and there's no way to know, um, which is really a problem. I mean, the whole the whole premise of this game is to know your people, figure out who's a mole. And you can't do that if you don't have information. Um, the other part that is a big problem to this game is that sometimes you have nothing to do but wait while the missions are being completed. And that's fucking boring, dude. Like you've got everybody dispatched, everybody's on a job and you just got to wait. 
And sometimes you're waiting as long as like like a literal real time four minutes between things that you can do. Mm. And so you're just sitting there staring at the screen like doing nothing. Um, I feel like they should give you something to do in that downtime or just make the missions quicker. Uh, because there's there's way too much just waiting around, waiting around. Like four minutes goes by, you click on something. Three minutes goes by, click on something. Four minutes goes by, click on something. Like you're wasting your time, right? You're Wait. playing you're way more time waiting than playing. To that point real quick, the first game is called Song of Farka. Uh, the developers are called Wooden Monkeys. And uh, it's a detective game as well. Mm-hmm. And it shows the character playing a video game in like downtime. Between, okay, so that yeah, makes sense. Like a that little like, uh, you know, mobile game or something. Yeah. So Did you maybe, find out where they're from? Are they from? No, Eastern it doesn't Europe? say. It just oh, okay. Wooden Monkeys. It says a collective of people. Sure. Um, a small team, though. But yeah, I don't know. I feel like that's maybe the thing is like detective games. Maybe they did the first one better for the downtime. I don't know. I don't know. It's it sucks because I like like when you're taking in the whole picture of what save Koch is. I'm like, this is cool. It's a good idea. I think it goes in the right direction. Um, and I think I'm not crazy about the the animal people, but that's just my personal preference. But I think overall, this is this is like a winning concept. But like they just don't execute. Like you've got to explain. You've got to establish relationships. You've got to give people a chance to get to know who people are. It's just like it's like the it's like I feel like this is half done and it's yeah. not quite there yet. And so. It fails ultimately, but I really feel bad about it because I feel like they got so much that's heading in the right direction. It just needs to go for like another six months, another year, and then we'd really have something pretty good on our hands. So, all right, well, check out the developers either way. It seems like they're they're working mm-hmm. on some cool stuff. But yeah, yeah, for sure. So, all right, Carlos, over to you for Fort Solace. Uh, this is a very interesting one. I'm very very curious to hear your take on this. Uh, why don't you give us the capsule and uh, share your thoughts? Yeah, we're both going to talk on this. We will. So we, uh, behind the curtain, have been playing this for a while. We got code a long time ago, which is great. I love getting code early. That's wonderful. I really, yeah, it was a while ago. Um, So, yeah, what is this game? Also a a game made by 10 people. I know that specifically because I remember they talking about it at Gamescom. Oh, okay. So this is 10 people big team uh, working on a, you know, passion project for them. Uh, They also said they... I didn't mention this, but I did see a little bit of them on Gamescom. Um, they talked about how they, in the pandemic, were, I think, working on a lot of it. Okay. And this idea of them watching Netflix shows and kind of just binging stuff while they couldn't go anywhere uh, was kind of part of the process when they were writing it. So that's what this kind of is, this game, which is a few different chapters. There's four chapters. And they're like, you know, these kind of TV show things. Where you're playing the game, yes, it's a third-person game, which I'll talk about. But you're also kind of like just taking it as much as you want, so you can stop whenever you want and come back to it. So you're kind of saying they have kind of like produced a game that resembles what it kind of feels like to watch a Netflix show. Yeah, okay. yeah, and that's gotcha. what they were saying. Their their kind of like uh, okay. inspiration was. So that's the inspiration. Uh, that's the team. Fort Solace is or Solace, um, a sci-fi game. Basically, it takes place on a planet that there's all these kind of cosmic storms going on around it. And you and another woman are on the planet kind of just checking up on stuff as you do. Um, all these different kind of outposts are there, and you're just kind of checking up on them. Like a bit of maintenance, dude. Yeah, maintenance maintenance people. Um, and then at some point, you know, some sort of like weird occurrence is happening at one of the stations. So you, as the guy character, decide to go out and check on it. And she stays back at wherever you started from and gets on the radio with you. And so this game very much plays out like a third-person sci-fi Firewatch. Yes. So if you remember Firewatch, yes. it, it feels like that. Um, 
for, not a spoiler, really, but for three chapters, it plays out like that. Okay. And then the, then it changes. Okay. So I won't spoil it, but something else changes. So okay. for a while of the game, a good chunk, because this only has four chapters, it's that, it's that thing where you're kind of exploring and doing things and then hearing her talk back to you. Quick question. Did you yeah. finish this or not? No, I'm in chapter four. I'm in okay. the last chapter. Okay. Uh, the only reason is because of other games that <laughs> mainly sure. Starfield. There's, there's too um, much to play right now. Yeah. So, uh, but I'm going to, I'm going to try to finish it tonight because okay. it's, it is short. Fill um, me in. Fill me in. In general, yeah, you play as this, this guy who is going to check on a space station, your third person. Uh, you walk around and can pick up objects. The, the idea of this game is it's gated by the things you interact with. Mm-hmm. So if you interact with a computer, then you learn some information. Now a door is open. So it's not like just going anywhere you want. It's more about like, again, they're really telling you the experience to have by having, you know, just you walk along, you find objects, and then once you interact with them, then you can keep going. So it's very like paint by numbers, very linear experience. Which is Um, not in and of itself bad. No, no, no. It's again, they're trying to tell the story in these chunks. Yes. Um, The first thing I'll notice, by the way, when I put it on was I had turned off all the lights. It was in the evening. I think it was, I think it's beautiful. Like I think visually it's visually, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it looks good. Looks um good. and it's just kind of got its own style too, which I always like when it comes to art, you know. It's not like an uh or sharp outlines or anything and you know, cutout stuff, but I just feel like it's got its vibe. Like it's got it's got indie independent film or something, you know. Yeah, it reminds me of some like um some sci-fi movies I've seen where the future is kind of like it's not like Apple streamlined, but it's like pretty streamlined and clean. You know they've got they've got a definite like sci-fi vibe that I think will will resonate with anybody who watches sci-fi films. Yeah. Oh, you know what I just remembered? It's like a Blade Runner twenty forty nine or something. Okay. Like it's kind of got that vibe. Anyways, you know you go to these different places. You're finding some creepy stuffs happened at the station, which is very par for the course. It is not a Dead Space game. It's not a run around and uh, jump scares and monsters. There are a couple things that startle the character, but it's not supposed to be like a jump scare. Um, and there's some pretty like, yeah, some intense stuff that is at the heart of what is going on in the space station where, you know, people are missing and weird stuff has happened uh, without spoiling anything. So that's really the whole game is you just start walking around looking for stuff until basically like walking simulator plus. basically. Yeah, until you pivot and then the, near the end of the chapters, the last chapter, something else happens. But OK, so but the number one thing that you're going to say and you've been waiting to say this whole time <laughs> Is that you walk too slow. That like, is a problem. If it's going to be this experience where you're walking around doing things, just give me a jog button. Just give me something that lets me move a little bit faster. Um, it's inexcusable. Like, this game is so... I enjoyed a lot, and I like the atmosphere. But it just it really pulls things to a halt when you... It's even slow to turn. Yeah. Like, yeah. I just want to turn around the corner to hit a button that they want me to hit. And it takes a while to get there. So... That's a real drag. Um, and then other than that, like, again, and that's something you might say as well, but the atmosphere is there, <laughs> but it's it's tough to keep going because there's nothing that really compels you, I think. Yeah. Um, there's a mystery, and you're interested in it, but I, I'm guessing that in the last act, I'll be very interested in it, mm-hmm. but it's, it's tough because that's a, a, a bunch of hours where you're not super interested. Right, so right, I think right. that I was picking up things, I was learning things, I was watching video calls and listening to messages, but I didn't care that much, and and I was going too slow. So that was a drag. 
Gotcha. But now it's just picked up. Like some real big action piece happened. Again, quick time events, nothing really running around and jumping. So that's not this game. But now I'm very interested in the plot. You know, so gotcha. I just think gotcha. it's a little too a little too late or whatever. Like they should have probably like done some of that stuff earlier. Um, but that's my short idea of it. I really like it. It feels like an independent what they wanted wanted to do, film or Netflix show. Mm-hmm. But I just think I wish it would move faster. It's interesting that they brought up the Netflix thing because I feel like pacing is a huge problem in this game. And I feel like if they had done a two hour Netflix movie, I think this thing would be pretty killer. Yeah. But because they have stretched it out to be like a four or five hour Netflix miniseries, they missed the boat because when you do a miniseries, even though you're having the ultimate beginning, middle and end of the story overall that stretches across all the episodes, you must have some kind of action in each episode. Otherwise people know about like, you can't just like stall for time. And I feel like I got halfway through the game um, and I just was so kind of like bored and I just didn't there wasn't enough pulling me forward exactly like you said where I just I, okay so about me fair well, disclosure fair well, disclosure. hold on can before ahead. I go to, you, about you <clears throat> to that point yeah the there I think at the end of every chapter they did do something that was like a, a new thing because at the end of chapter one there's a thing where you have to go into event yes and that's a, th- a new thing right then yeah. at the end of chapter two I don't know if you got there there's a really big thing so well, they, they did to, to defend them they do put little punchlines at the end a little bit but i feel like you need more like more than just like a stinger at the end right like, right, I feel like yeah yeah leading up that. to it is pretty flat right yeah and I get so that. again just to, to give the developers a break and to to out myself a little bit here anybody listening to the show knows one of my least favorite things to do in any fucking game is uh, is number one read files i hate reading files mm-hmm. i hate watching videos and i hate key cards and i hate being lost that's like a lot of this game. Like, it's like those four things are the bulk of what my experience with this game was. Hmm. Um, now, I will say, I will give them credit. Most of the files you find are pretty on point. Like, you know, like they make sense and they're not super long. You're not reading a ton of them, but even still, that's kind of the meat of what you're doing, at least for the part that I played. Well, and it's, the videos flesh out the story. They do. They do. So. But also, it's like super passive. I will say, like, when I started this game, like, they had me in, right? I was hooked. The way I know. It starts, Isn't that beginning so good? Yeah. The beginning is so good. Like, you're doing this maintenance. The storm's coming. You're talking to your friend. You see the friend, so you establish her presence. You do this, like, really long, slow, spooky drive out to the thing. Like, it's like, yeah, man, it's cool. And even when you start, like, in the first level, like, they still had me because you're feeling like the guy who's like, hello, is anyone here? Where's everybody? And you're walking around, and it's all spooky and shit. And it's it's rolling and rolling, and it's going really well. And I think that would have really fed into, like, a two-hour runtime. But the problem for me is, like, as soon as I got to the main complex, it's like, Eh, you cannot go here. You need a level three key card. Eh, you need a level four key card. And I'm like, oh no, it's one of these. Where I just feel like they are padding for time by making you find the key cards and by flipping the switches. Like it just, it kills the experience so much. And I wish um, spooky games, survival horror people, or whatever, anybody who's in this like vaguely unsettling genre, like it feels so much better sometimes when your person is just rolling along or maybe like, you know, find like one key or something. Yeah. But like you don't need like all these like flip the switch, come over here and do this other thing, get this other key card and find this like find the battery. And I'm like, dude, it's too much bullshit. Like you are completely negating the mood and the tone and the vibe you're building up. And I'm like, this this blows like this blows. They're hiding areas that you can't go to yet is what they're doing. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I feel like they could have done that differently. Like a quick answer is make it a different building 
Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And then yeah. this building, yeah. you can check it all out, right? Exactly. exactly. I think that's one way to fix it. Yeah, but, I mean, um, I think it's a great idea, dude. Or even just make it more linear. This game is already really linear. So instead, just make it more of a straight line that you build tension and build tension and build tension rather than, oh, I got to find the level five key card now and I got to get the level three key card now and all this other stuff. I did have um, to backtrack a bit, yeah. Yeah, you, you backtrack a pretty fair amount. And I will say one thing that also killed this game for me, I probably would have played longer, is if the map was better, the map eats shit. Oh, the map I is, is the map. incorrect. There's a bug in the map. Oh, it doesn't even show you where you are, really. No, it doesn't. It like, shows like an area where you might be or something? Yes, yes, yes. Ugh. It's like one of those, you're building, if you look at your map, the building is divided into chunks, and it'll say you're in chunk A, but where in chunk A? I yeah. don't know. Which way am I facing? And they don't even tell you where to go. So like, I got to a point where I found... Oh, I, I flipped a switch or something. I forget what it was. I flipped a switch, and it's like, and the guy's like, okay, I should go back to XYZ. I had no fucking clue where it was, dude. I had no idea where to go. And I'm like, okay, well, hopefully it's close by. And I started checking doors, and everything was locked. And I'm like, I got, I got literally no idea where to go. I don't know where I am. What I need is some kind of little indicator for me to go. And I would go. Like, if I knew where to go, I would go. I would have kept doing it because I was kind of into it. But when I hit that point... I'm just like, I just, I, I'm not going to sit here for who knows how long it's going to take me to find. And you walk slow, yeah. you turn slow. I'm, I'm hitting these doors that need key cards. I don't know where I'm going. And it just killed everything good this game built up for me, dude. Just killed it. Wait a minute. Is that the moment you noped out? I feel I like it is. Yeah. Okay. It is. Yeah. I can't, uh, I don't know where I am. I'm stopping this game. That sounds right. That, okay, is, so that is me to a T, dude. To, to pile on one more con then. Okay. Uh, my overall, uh, my overall thinking of this game is that I still like it a lot and I'm going to finish it. So mm-hmm, there you go. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. But good. the other con is, and this is definitely a minor spoiler. If you want to jump ahead for a jump minor ahead spoiler, two minutes. jump ahead two minutes, two minutes. Um, the woman who's on the radio, I'm not going to spoil anything else about that, yeah. but um, for mo- the most of the game, when you're just the guy doing the uh, exploring, she is like trying to be funny and kind of add like, stuff, yeah. yeah, some little jokes uh, it might be zombies, blah, 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 watch out. And then at some point, really horrific stuff happens, mm-hmm. right? And stuff you haven't seen in the game yet I, I, that I've seen. You know, with death and stuff and some bad stuff, right? She still starts making jokes. Oh, really? She she gives it for a minute. She gives them like a, oh, I, I hope you're okay, but, you know? And then the next minute you're all around the corner, because, again, they didn't do the the narrative, um, like, what is it, pipeline. They didn't yeah. look at it probably. Uh, well enough, I don't think, because like two beats after a serious thing happened, she's talking about zombies again. Back to jokey. Well, you, it's funny, you can't yeah. do that because that's it, the whole idea is you built up this really cool, creepy ambience. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like that's just a, a failed. Uh, just undercuts thing. the whole thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny you say that because I was literally just about to praise the voice work. I mean, I didn't uh, get as far as that to where she's she's misreading the tone, but. Up until the point that I got, like, I think the guy's voice work is great. Mm-hmm. I think her voice work is actually excellent. I really like, I think that she is um, a newcomer, I believe. I read something about that where she's doing, uh, she's not an established voice actor. I'll just put it that well, way. Well, good. She does a great job. I mean, I think that's probably more direction yeah. than the actor's problem itself, right? Like, but her voice is good when she's doing the jokes. When it's appropriate, I was like, oh, yeah, this is great. Like, I love this. I love having her talk to me it feels real like it, it felt very on point and very like believable yeah yeah and that helped support the experience for me as far as i got um there's also the the video logs which are done by an established voice is it troy baker that does those i, I think forget. he is in that yeah 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 so it, you know obviously good job whatever um 
but so up until that point, I think the tone was great. The voice work was excellent. Um, I think when you're in the part of the game where you're just moving forward and the guy is searching and there's not really any barriers in your way, you're just kind of discovering and exploring things. That's that's hot, dude. That's that's good stuff. It's for me when you get lost, you start to have to backtrack. and You don't know where you're going. You're faced with like finding batteries and key cards and switches. That's when it just falls apart. And I would really encourage um, maybe not these developers because I think it's maybe too late for this particular game, but maybe for them in the future or other developers listening. Let's get away from that. OK, like we were doing that in Silent Hill like 20 years ago. Like let's let's change the the paradigm on that. Let's let do less key cards. Let's do less switches, less chest shaped keys. Even yeah. Resident Evil is kind of backing off of it a little bit. Right. Let's do something else. And let's just go with the, the narrative flow, dramatic flow, build up energy, build up scares. Let's do that instead. Because, man, I'm just I'm fucking out when I got to find 17 key cards, dude. I, I agree. I mean, I don't want in any game ever again, ever. Like, yeah. I don't want any sort of key to a door or a chest or anything, really. Um, I will talk about Baldur's Gate again, and there's keys to chest in that because it's an RPG, D&D. But um, actually, to that point... In that game, because it is very much like D and D, you could just smash a chest if you don't have you the lock key. Pick too, you probably got a lock. You can lock pick, right? but you can also just like fuck it, smash it. You can also take it with you and unlock it later. And unlock funny. it later. Maybe dude. a magic spell to unlock. Possibly, I would imagine so. The point is, you can do like fifteen things to it. Right. You don't need to find that the chest shaped key. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't want any like horse head keys. <laughs> There's literally a horse head key somewhere in Resident Evil. I'm sure. Yes, there, um, is, there is. So anyways, I, I, I think that you're you're right. The voice acting is great. I just think that pacing was off. Yeah. But besides that and this twist they just did, uh, it, it definitely made me want to finish it. So I think they did a lot right. Um, pacing's a little off and the character just has to go, go faster. And by the way, they could patch that. Like That, that part is they could patch, yes. That the walking big speed. of a crazy walking speed. Yes, update. they could do that. Please do that. Please do that. Well, tell me when you finish it. I'm not going to play because I've got too many other things to play. But like, I am kind of curious how it, it shakes down. So when you finish it, like DM me or something and tell me how it finishes because I'm curious yeah, to see what the I'm finish it tonight. Was, so yeah, okay, all right, all right. Uh, up next is a. I mean, I guess it's a big game, a big game that people are talking about right now. I don't know. I guess I'm not sure what the vibe is on this, but Armored Core Six Fires of Rubicon just came out from From Software, the makers of. Elden Ring, Dark Souls, Bloodborne, Sekiro, all the greatest hits that you know and love. Um, I feel like this is going to be a pretty big departure for many people. Um, just to give a little bit of a background before we launch into this, and uh, and Carlos, I'll let you lead off if you want. Um, Armored Core has been around for a long time. The original Armored Core came out in 1997, 1997 for the playstation mm. playstation original playstation one that's when it came out that's how long it's been around i played that game back then i reviewed that game back then that's how old i am <laughs> so i have played literally every armored core game that has ever come out to america and for a long time people had no idea who from software was they didn't know what armored core was it's like everybody thinks that they sprang into being with dark souls and they're just like this wonderful developer out of nowhere no man they were working away in the salt mines for decades before people recognized them. They had all sorts of IPs, all sorts of series before Dark Souls. That was their big breakthrough, certainly. But before Souls, Armored Core was their bread and butter. That yeah. was the biggest hit they had. And we were big fans of it at Game Critics. I you know, played and finished almost every... I mean, I played every one, and I finished almost every single one. So I'm definitely 
well-versed on the Armored Core stuff. So this came out, and I'm guessing that this is going to be a lot of people's first experience with Armored Core. I bet there's a lot of people who had no idea Armored Core existed. They don't know From's history, which is fine. Um, I, I bet people are going to be maybe surprised, maybe caught off guard by what this is, because it's a very different thing than Souls, than Elden Ring, and so forth and so on. It's its, its own thing, but to be fair... Armored Core was a thing before Souls was ever invented. So yep. Armored Core came first. So we're going to talk about this. Um, I played it. Carlos played it. Carlos, do you want to lead off here? Yeah. I mean, like you said, I remember playing the first one on PlayStation 1. You are that old also. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's cool. I didn't finish it, but I thought it was interesting. And, you know, we don't talk about on this show, or I don't know of any shows that talk about a lot of mech games, right? Because there just isn't that many. There's not that many. Yeah. And also third-person mech, and also actiony, and also the idea of upgrading your mech, you know, mm. as a single-player game. The tinkering game. and stuff, the, the, the assembly, assembly and stuff. All that seems very interesting to me, and I've played a bunch of those types of games. Um, so that's why, to answer your question in text, why did you get this game, Carlos? Um, is because two reasons. One, I remember liking it back in the day. Mm. I remember liking mech games. <clears throat> Again, like I just described, if I can get one where I can tinker with it and you know do all these upgrades and really kind of grind a little bit, that seems fun to me. Like it still seems fun to me that concept. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And then in a bunch of interviews, so this is on them. Uh, some people from FromSoft and other people who are like interviewing them, it, it came across that this was going to be such a departure from Souls, which it is. It just, is. And yeah. it's just in, in its. Um, I guess style and you know genre, and the way it plays, right? It's an actiony game. Yeah, yeah. But they made it sound like it wouldn't also be the big boss thing either. They made it sound like it was going to be this not open world, but this you know these huge landscapes where you can go and explore and upgrade your mech and get better and take out enemies. So they really kind of like did me a disservice by saying it wasn't like really really hard like the other games. Um, yes. And they're fucking wrong because the very first boss, which is maybe not even thirty minutes into the game, less than it's like it's like ten minutes. It's into in the, the yeah the game. beginning area. There's a boss and it's really difficult, and I haven't beaten it yet, which is very similar to Wolong, yep. where I just left the game. Um, so I don't want to leave the game yet, and maybe you'll convince me not to. Uh, I, you already gave me a strap for that boss, and I'll try it. Yeah, but. Um, yeah, and we can talk about how it plays out, but that's why I got it. And so I feel like kind of, yeah, slighted or what I don't know, just bad about like <laughs> taking advantage of me. Yeah, yeah, from what I what I read and heard. Um but yeah, what it is third person actiony game, very much about dodging, right? And yep. going all around the screen, jump up in the air, you're like vertical, there's a lot of ver- verticality. Um, the only thing is, in in my opinion, so far in the early game, it seems tough to stay in the air because yes. there's a lot of that kind of like battery and energy bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I felt like in the on the ground I feel badass, but the minute I get in the sky in the very beginning game, I don't feel good. I feel like I've got to manage a lot, you know. Yeah. Maybe that's on my playability of it, but. Um, no, yeah. I think that's fair. I think that's totally fair. It just feels like you're kind of dropping to the ground a bunch. So, yeah, I, I like parts of this and how it plays. Um, again, I like the concept of upgrading my stuff. I can't upgrade anything yet because they don't let you until you beat the first boss, which is 20 minutes in, which is really hard, um, which I think is just terrible, you know, terrible pacing. Yes. 
Yes. Um, but on paper, I like the concept. And the other con I'll say and let you take over is that, you know, almost I won't say in FromSoft um, fashion because Elden Ring is, you know, I think every part of it is beautiful and awesome. But in this game and in earlier Armored Core games, I'll say, and games like Earth, Den- or Earth Defense Force, Force and stuff, yeah. the actual landscape feels throwaway. Yes. Like it yes. feels so like pixels. And mm. I'm like, I don't feel like that belongs in this game. This is my big, one of my biggest cons. You're in, we're in the 2023, okay? Yes. Agreed. You just made Elden Ring. I know you've probably been working on this for a while. It still is no excuse. When you hit a tree and you break a tree apart, it disappears. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. We're talking, that's PlayStation 1, okay? Yes. Go back into the past. <laughs> yes. The destruction in this game is from PlayStation 1. And I think that's just so stupid and another disservice it does because it takes you out of it and it goes, oh, no, this is a gamey game. You're playing a gamey video game. And to me, that just really bothered me. Yeah. Did yeah. it bother you? Like, literally, the first sec- section you get dropped in is the woods or something. Yeah. And you fly in any direction and all the trees just disappear as you hit them. Yeah, man, I got. Uh, I'm as, nitpicking there, but no, no, I don't think you're. I think that's a fair. I think that's a fair criticism. Like a city, right? you know, there's like city si- uh, skylines or whatever, yeah, pun intended, yeah. and all of the things you hit just kind of like go away. You know, it just doesn't feel like a world at all. I I, I fully agree. I fully agree. Um, so I I I love Armored Core the series in general. Um, I will say that I'm having extremely mixed feelings about this one. Everything that you said, I agree with 100%. Um, I feel like, okay, so just to back it up again, this is like mech tinkering colon the game, right? And the whole point of Armored Core has always been you get your, your Armored Core is the chest piece. That's the core. And so the point of the game has always been do missions, collect extra parts, different heads, different arms, different legs, different backpacks, different guns, etc., etc. You can mix and match as much as you want. You can replace generators for more energy. You can replace boosters for more time in the air. You can have a radar. You can have lasers. Like, what, like whatever, dude. Like, whatever. This is the most mech tinkering series that has ever been. And yeah. I think in that particular aspect, I think it's fine. But... There are other aspects to this experience which feel frozen in time. I feel like... Oh, right. Yeah, I was genuinely expecting this game to be more of a step forward than it is. It feels like I could have been playing this on the 360. It feels like I could have been playing this on the PS2. Uh, I mean, if you take aside the graphics. Now, the graphics of the the mechs themselves, the cores, they look great. I mean, I think the mech designs are awesome. Like, all the little pieces and the guns and the way the legs go and where the boosters are. Like, they look badass. Like, these these mechs are just it's shit. They're really good. They're really good. But everything else about this game, I mean, I, 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 I'm not trying to be dismissive and I'm not trying to be insulting in any way. But I have to say, um, given my experience with the series and given what, what FromSoft has done recently... I feel like they crank this one out like really low effort, really quickie. It doesn't feel yeah. like they've really put a lot into it. And I know I'm sure that's going to have people screaming and I'm not trying to, you know, dismiss anybody's efforts. I'm sure, you know, you don't know how to make a game. It's really hard. Okay. I get it's hard to make a game, etc. whatever. I play a thousand games a year. I'm just saying from a critical perspective, this one feels very low effort to me. Um, like you said, the trees and stuff, the like all of the landscapes are really boring. I feel like, um, the controls are not exactly where I think they should be. Uh, I have some issues with controls. 
I have a lot of problem with the target lock dropping. The, the target lock drops all the time. Mm, and this so game is so lightning fast. Um, you might expect this to be like a lumbering kind of a mech warrior kind of a game. It is not. This is like anime fast, laser swords, shooting missiles in the air, dash, 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 flying around. Um, and I feel like the target lock just sucks ass so bad. Like you're constantly, I'm constantly fighting the camera because the enemies you fight are so fast and they get behind you so quickly and you've always got to be ready to dodge yeah. or to block if you have a shield, you know. I'm just like, I'm constantly like fighting the controls to where I just don't feel like they're up to par. Hey, real quick um, on that controls yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. I just feel like a lot of it feels, the word is unreliable. Yeah. I right? Because I don't word. feel like I've got the handle on the situation. <clears throat> And especially when I got to the boss, then I already didn't, you know, have a full handle on the situation before that. Yeah. And they made, by the way, back to the pacing again, they made all the other little enemies you fought until the boss easy. They're total pushovers. They're like, yeah. they're, it's like just hitting buttons and then they go away, right? Um, and that's just fucked up to do that and then be like, oh, now this thing you have to got to figure out and it's really hard and it's got a million hit points. So I hate that. But... It's just like as I'm just even doing anything like do do dodging and stuff. Yeah. I feel like with the graphics that you mentioned, which feel almost arcadey and old, then the unreliable camera and unreliable targeting, and then I don't even know where I'm supposed to stop when I stop like boosting. Yeah. Like I have no idea when it ends. You know what I mean? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I know so exactly what you're talking about. All of that makes it like water. Like I feel like I'm just swimming and I don't know how to grasp on anything. Probably drowning you know? a little bit too. I'm yeah, guessing. drowning yeah. a little bit when yeah. I get to the boss. So this I game's... feel like that's it, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, agree. I totally agree. Um, I I feel like this game starts off incredibly poorly. Kind of like you said, you name-checked Wo Long, which I think has a very... I didn't think anybody was going to outdo Wo Long for worst first level, <laughs> but I feel like they played Wo Long and they're like, oh yeah, we can do that too. And like, don't do that. Like, you haven't even gone through the tutorials. You don't have any real ability to change your mech around. And they give you this this horseshit boss. And I can already hear people. There's already been people, I finished it on my first try. Yeah, okay, I know you did, Mr. Wonder Kid, Mr. Fucking Genius. But, like, I think it's a really poor first boss from any reasonable metric. You don't design a game like that. You don't design a hard boss like that before the player even knows what they're doing, yeah. before they have any of the options. It's just a really, really poor it's choice. It's before the tutorials. <clears throat> yeah, it's even before the tutorials, which is a joke. I didn't even get to any yet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, like, you know, once you know what to do, great. You can get through that boss. I got through the boss, sure. But, like, it was miserable, and it took me a minute to figure it out. And it's just a really, really bad way to start because, like you said, the enemies before that are pushovers. You're basically pushing a button and killing them with one one hit. You get to the boss, and then he just, like, rolls you so hard. So and stupid. the tactics you think would work don't work. And it's just, it's miserable. Um, it's a really poor way to start. Once you get past that, I got past it. I'm about... I'm a good chunk into the game now, um, at least past the second the second main boss. I'm a little further than that. Um, I just keep having the same problems. Like, I just feel like the difficulty spikes are wild. Um, and I understand that the point of this game is you get to something you can't beat. You need to go back to your garage. You need to dis disassemble your mech and make something that will get past it. For example, if you're getting hammered with um, a lot of missiles, then maybe make something that's faster so you can dodge the missiles. If you're not doing enough damage to something because you've got a pea shooter, maybe change up your robot so you've got a heavier gun. You know, I, I get it. I get that. But there are so many spikes that just feel really mean-spirited and unfair, especially in today's environment when, when they were pulling that shit back on the PlayStation, like, it was uncharted territory. Like, they were kind of doing what they thought. 
there was no way to patch after you released the game. They were doing their best and they were just experimenting. I get it. But now it's like there's no real excuse for that anymore. And I just don't see that as a valid way to like really design a game, especially um, for this game is going to be so many people's first experience with Armored Core. Like they're not really communicating effectively what a person needs to do. And it sucks because there's like the the soul's fringe, right? Like the people who are great at Bloodborne, the people who who had no problem Sekiro, those people are in my feed saying this game is super easy. I love it. It's amazing. But when you go to look at comments from other people, they're like, this game is fucking hard. I don't understand it. It's really frustrating. Yeah. I hate FromSoft. Like there's clearly a large percentage of people who needed a little bit more onboarding to get, on, to get in on this game. Um, and, the, and FromSoft is just simply like shrugging their shoulders and being like, Oh, well, too bad. So sad for you. Right. Yeah. Which is it's just not a good way to approach your your customers. Um, I really don't like I hate the radar. I hate the radar. I think it needs to do a better job of locking on and staying locked on. Um, I hate the general radar of this game. I mean, maybe there's in previous armor cores, you could buy different radar attachments, which gave you a better map that you could look at. So if that's what's going on, great. But they need to hurry up and give me that radar because I feel like I'm constantly flying through levels blind and guys are like sneaking up behind me and I'm not getting a good situational awareness, which sucks. And I also I fucking hate the UI. I think the UI is awful in this game. Um, it's like to know how much ammo I have left on which weapon, which weapons on cooldown, you know, like the timing of certain things. I feel like it's miserable UI. I do not like it at all. I wish it was more visible. And I'm hoping Again, like previous Armored Cores, where if you change certain parts, it would change your UI, which I think is cool. Yeah. Um, I need those options, like, immediately. And I don't know if that's even an option. I'm hoping it is, but I don't know that it is. So in my current status of shit UI, shit lock-on, shit radar, and these difficulty spikes, I'm just... I'm feeling frustrated because I feel like we are trapped where Armored Core was last generation, generation before. And I feel like they just haven't really moved it forward. Yeah. Um, and I... It's disappointing. It's disappointing, right? And I feel like maybe this is the break for them. They just did Elden Ring. I'm sure that's going to go down in history as one of the most impressive open world RPGs ever. And rightfully so. I mean, everybody recognizes the greatness that Elden Ring has. I'm not disputing that. But this feels like, uh, okay, we're going to just do something pretty easy and quick. We're going to just kick this out real fast. And we're not going to really put that much into it. Because this feels basically for more or less like every other Armored Core and I was really ready for that series to move forward. Um, I will also say uh, the story is as miserable throwaway nonsense as it ever has been. I was really hoping for more of a human factor, like a face to your pilot, a face to the people you're talking to. All you get yeah. are these little text logs. The missions are throwaway. So you don't really get a sense of who's who. You're like this mercenary between corporations. And I don't I can't even tell who's who. I don't remember which guy is doing what and what, you know, what their motivations are or whatever. Um, it doesn't really matter. And also, I was hoping for branching storylines. You know, if you're a mercenary and you support Company A, that means Company B has taken a loss because you helped Company A win. But you can do all the missions. It doesn't really matter which one you do. Like, there's no branching of like, well, I chose Mission A. That means Mission B is shut off. Um, as far as I can tell so far, that hasn't happened. It has been in previous Armored Corps. I guess they took it out or maybe it's coming up later. Who knows? But I just don't feel in any way involved in the world or the story. And I feel like that's a missing opportunity. Like the, the armored core stuff, the robots itself is fine. I think it's great. It's what we've seen before. And I think it works, but I want more. I want a better world. I want more immersion in the story. I want to give a shit about what I'm doing. Um, I will also say that getting back to mechanics, I don't know if you noticed this, Carlos, maybe not, but 
Uh, many of the levels have bullshit um, like limits to them, like walls around oh, them. Oh yeah, that's the first thing I did is I went to Twitter and sh- and put up a video of okay. Oh, invisible yeah. walls in twenty twenty three. Yeah, in the very first level, you're fighting this uh, the helicopter. It's the very first boss that you're stuck at. Um, that there is a very small limit to that area. You hit this like energy invisible wall that you can't go past, and the helicopter can go past it. The helicopter can go outside the oh, the yeah, area sure, limit, yeah. and it shoots at you from outside the area. You can't get it. Yeah. I'm like, that is terrible design. I was also just in a level this morning where I went. I, I didn't know where to go. There was no map marker. So I'm jetting around and I flew outside the boundary and I got stuck outside the boundary and I couldn't get back in. And I'm like, what what is what bullshit is this, dude? In a game like like there's so many games that are huge, giant open worlds. I can imagine if I'm at the very end of the world, like as far as the developers could push it. OK, I get that. Right. Like you hit the Pacific Ocean. There's nothing out there but water. I get it. But like. I'm literally just dropped into the level. I take a left turn and all of a sudden I'm outside the boundary and I'm stuck and I die. Like that's, yeah. that's horseshit. Dude. A, I want that video for my TikTok. <laughs> yes. Um, but B, yeah, I, I mean the very first stage is the very first moment you get dropped down. If yeah. you just go backwards. Yeah. That's what I do in every game, by the way, I always level go the opposite it, yeah. way. Yeah. And if there's invisible wall right there. So it's like, it, here's my, here's one of my final statements is it's just from the past. Yeah, it like just feels both, very dated. We've yeah. both been saying that. It just doesn't yeah. feel like a new game. And that could be okay back then. This would have been like a killer 360 game, right? For sure, for sure. And people are like, whoa, have you seen their new armor core? It's cool. Yeah, and it's too hard, though, at the beginning. They still would have said that. Um, and then, yeah, I think that pacing. But check this out. When you were talking about, like, you wanted more about the people. Yeah. This is just a dream, but... I, for some reason, thought because they had made Elden Ring, because they're in this next generation of developing games, that we could have a character, like a character creator. That would be fine. I would Wouldn't welcome that. Wouldn't that be amazing? That and would then be great. That character can rock around for a little while, maybe do a couple basic ass shit, maybe oh, even grind man. a bit, you and know, then jump into the fucking mech. It's funny you say that, dude, because there is a game on the Switch. I think it also got ported later, but it was originally Switch. It was made by some of the Armored Core team. Oh, I'm blanking on the name. But it was exactly that. You had a character. Well, now I want it immediately. You had a character. You got out of your mech. You walked around. You did some shit. And in fact, I think there was even some combat with your person, if I remember correctly. Oh, my goodness. But you walk around and talk to people. And then when it was time to go on a mission, you go back and get your mech. And you still had, like, the mech construction, just like you did in Armored Core. See, that, to me, is, like, at least a step forward. They did it on the Switch. I Fuck, I can't remember what it's called. I'll look it up. Look it up. Because I mentioned it next show. Because that's exactly it. Like, if they do that, then that's evolving this game. But it, without it, it's just like an arcade game. I don't know. Oh, here it is. It's Demon X Machina. That's what it was. Okay, I'm going to go get it. Demon X Machina is exactly that, where you walk out, you've got a character, you've got more story, you've got the Armored Core pieces. It's got uh, at least one of the Armored Core team. Uh, and other. Yeah, I mean, in fact, I bought it, and I went to go back and play it, and I forgot. But now I think I may go back and play that now. Um I'm just I'm just frustrated. It feels like Armor Core Six is outdated. It feels like they haven't kept up with it. They didn't push it forward the way that they pushed Elden Ring forward. And I get that. You, not every game is Elden Ring, and that takes a lot of effort. And it was a years long. You know, I, I get it. I get it. I get it. But even so, this doesn't feel like very much advanced past the last one we got, and that didn't feel like much past the one before that and the one before that. I feel like Armored Core is a little bit. It's a little bit stuck where it's at, and I need to give it a little kick to move it forward. So. Well, and let's just say that Armored Core 6 review, not official review, not but official um, review, yeah. preview that we're doing is really um, uh, a message about Damon X Machina, because this looks fucking awesome. Yeah, check um, that out, dude. Yeah, yeah. Marvelous Inc- Incorporated. I've never heard of them. 
But the actual when you said it on the Switch, I was I was thinking like pixel graphics for some reason. No, mm. this is like this is Armored Core graphics. Yeah, it is. It is Armored Core graphics. It this is. looks like what I wanted from Armored Core. And by the way, I bet you that first boss isn't shit. Oh no, I played I played a couple levels of it. I didn't finish it, and I meant to go back to it. But I played a few. It's got a much better difficulty curve. Uh, much more of a tutorial and like having the human stuff is pretty cool as well. So yeah, check that one. I think that is what more of what you want. After That's what I wanted part. from this yeah. game. Okay. And I'm, I'll be very interested to see if I can get out of my uh, ship. That'd be awesome. You can, you definitely, I confirmed you can walk around okay. as a human confirmed. I'm getting that. Thank you. Right. There you go. Damon X Machina on the switch. I believe it's elsewhere. I'm at steams or I get it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Steam. Go for it. Yeah. No problem. Get it on steam. That's good. So early, early impressions of armored core six is that it does what it has always done. It is solid. And you know, to be fair, like I like tinkering with max. I think that's a pretty cool thing. I love doing that, but I feel like so much of this game just feels trapped in the past. I was really hoping you'd have more amenities, more updating, make it a little bit more player friendly, but they've, they have shrugged and said, Oh no, 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 no. This We're doing this our way. Yeah. You're either in or you're out, and we don't care if you're out. And that's kind of how it feels right now, which is not a great feeling. So. Yeah. I'll circle back. I'm going to keep playing it, um, but we'll see. So far, kind of meddling on it. So anyway, um, let's see right here. Carlos, talk to me about Immortals of Avium. Avium? What are we, what are we yeah, saying? Yeah, I think we'll do Avium. Avium. Let's do Avium. Yeah, this is a game that is a great relaxing game. That a bunch of people on YouTube and everywhere in the world are saying, like, what went wrong? You know, that <laughs> bullshit stuff. The thumbnail is what went wrong. <laughs> okay. I hate that stuff because it's, it's all clickbait because, you know, games are a mixed bag. Sometimes they're just terrible, terrible, and they they failed everything. Yeah. Um, but lots of times those clickbait titles, like with this game, I'll tell you why right now, are bullshit and they're clickbait because there's a bunch of stuff that's awesome about this game. Um and again, games always come down to expectation. But what is this game? It is a first-person magic shooter game. Some of the people worked on Call of Duty worked on it, but also some people from Telltale, I think, worked on some of the writing. Whoa, I didn't, I didn't uh, predict that combination. Combination is weird. Um, it also is basically a first-person shooter game with magic that's like a Marvel movie. So if you're in the mood for basically... A popcorn, get a bunch of popcorn, watch a movie, just chill out, don't think. That's what this is. That's what this okay. game is. Okay. 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 And like Skill Up on YouTube and a bunch of other people have said in their review, like that's really helpful right now because a ton of games are taking a lot of our mind share. Yeah. And like Battle, um, Baldur's Gate, which I'll talk about, and other games, I'm like so invested in character and confused and frustrated and lost, like in Fort Solis, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this one's like, no, 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 just use these three magic spells and go blast things. Um, <laughs> and that's what this game is. So, yeah, you start out as a character who also, what was the other game I was just saying that didn't bring me in? Um, what was the game that didn't bring me in right away, story-wise? I do not know. Oh, Are you talking about that one with the girl? Uh, maybe, yeah, what is that game? The one that we just played where it was like, uh, oh, man, we're, we're the worst podcast ever, dude. I can't no, remember. No, no, we're not. Uh, the one where the girl was going in the open world. Is that the one you're thinking of? Um, I think so. Keep going. Where you had like the multiple menus of powers and you had the talking bracelet. Oh, Forspoken. No, 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 no. not that one? No. no. Anyways, I won't remember right now, but there's another okay. game recently that was supposed to be like all about story, all about bringing you in or whatever. And, um, and I wasn't, you know, I wasn't invested. 
But in Immortals, I think I feel like they did their investment really easily and quickly because you play as a character who's in the, the lower part of the city, which is the more poor section, and there's like you know the fancy rich people are above, mm-hmm. and so you're already kind of like picking sides. You have a, a vibe of like oh you know those people don't know what we're going through, so you're kind of already on board there. Then a big huge destruction bad thing happens, so you immediately feel for the character and you know you're already down on the your luck and now you feel really bad. And then you're thrown into the action, you know, fighting things. So I feel like they do a pretty good job, reverse of what we said earlier, for some other games of pacing. I felt like I was just right in, right a, right away, you know. Okay. Okay. Like I invested in the character, I'm invested with the combat, and then you learn that you have all these abilities, which is basically you can control green, red, and blue magic. Blue is like a machine gun, um, and then red is like a shotgun. These are literally how they, you know, work. Like a close range is red, right? Boom, boom. Yeah. And then uh, green is <laughs> that's how a shotgun goes. I love that shotgun. I wish they, they need to they need to add that in whatever next like the next Doom game. You should yeah. have a patch that says boom when you Ba-boom. shoot. That'd be amazing. Um, and then the green one, I feel I don't know what the green one does, but I feel it's more long range. I want to call it maybe like a snipery one. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's definitely got those like Call of Duty kind of vibes there, but it doesn't matter because it still feels like magic. Um, there's also a whip move where you can like whip something and then bring it to you, you know, mm-hmm. get over mm-hmm. here. Sure. Um, and all of it just feels very intuitive. You cycle between them and I've picked one that I like the most. There's obviously a skill tree for all of those different colors and I just like the blue one better. So I'm just upgrading that and I basically stay in the blue and then I'll jump to another one if I need to. But, and then you traverse the landscape with kind of different ways and you, you kind of keep gaining abilities and that's kind of it. You're fighting bad guys. <laughs> um, I, I won't go too much in the story, but there's not really much to spoil. It's just like you're fighting at this. You're fighting in this war of of, of a bunch of bad sure, guys. Sure. Well, so if I'm magic. hearing you correctly, the takeaway that I'm getting from you, and, and please correct me if I'm wrong, is just like it's basically fantasy styled first person shooter with magic spells instead of guns and that's kind of what you're doing yeah and i think like uh what's avowed it's coming out soon and some other ones there's gonna be more games that use magic than it's first person that are more rpg ish mm-hmm. you know that's not this this is like basic basic shoot shoot them up you know okay it is definitely a first person shooter game um but what what i was saying is that like it's nice to have because you don't think too much you just and there's like a million like chests around everywhere and you're like shooting chests to get loot and you just feel like you could do this for an hour and then put it down you know what i mean like yeah. just go in blow up a bunch of things get some i mean chests. i assume it probably feels good then you like the controls oh are it feels great that stuff okay yeah i mean again they have like some really good development behind this and like years of experience of shooter games it feels like that you know uh there's some puzzles but very few they're all super simple and it's just a, it wants you to just kind of get through this movie. And then I guess for some people who don't like cutscenes, I think you as well. Um, you know, there's a lot, right? This is like yeah. watching a movie. Okay, gotcha. And then you do a ton of action and then you watch a lot of movie again. Hmm. So I think if you're in the mood for a sitting down popcorn Avengers movie, but you're also shooting things, that's actually that should be the box review. That's what this game is. If you feel like shooting things, feel like feel like shooting things, and also watching an Avengers movie while eating popcorn and not thinking too much. That's what this game is. That is quite a bullet quote for the bullet yeah. point for the back of the box, right? It's, the it's, quote. It is what it is, and also it's a nice escape from all the other, you know, intense games I've been doing. Right, right, right. That's okay. what that is. Cool. All right, 
nothing there for me, but that doesn't mean <laughs> yeah, it's not for other awesome. people. I don't know if you've ever done that in the podcast ever. You just go, all right, eh, okay. Moving on. All right. Moving on. I, uh, I You will not play that. that game, I'm guessing. I zero, zero interest in anything that you said on that one, so I'm okay. going to pass on that. It's fun for me. Yeah, I mean, you know, and that's the that's the good thing about this podcast, right? It's horses for courses, different strokes for different folks. Yeah. Someone out there listened to that and they're like, yes, that is the game that I want to play. And they're going to play it and they're going to have a wonderful time because you recommended it. And that's great. But that game, 100% not for me. And that's that's okay, too. Yeah. So anyway. All right. Let me talk for a minute about a new game called Iron Danger, which is the funniest title ever. I just It is. Uh, it's goofy. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why they picked that title because there's probably a million other titles that would have made more sense than this one. Uh, so this is a very, very, very interesting uh, experience. Iron Danger is. It, it must come from a small team. And by the way, it was in my queue. I took it out of the library because I learned about that mechanic that you're about to talk about. Yes, yes. And it scared me away. So there's a mechanic about this game that's yes. different. And you're going to talk about it right now. Yeah, I'm going to talk about it right now, literally right now. So Iron Danger is a kind of a top-down action RPG, more action than RPG, really. Uh, But it tells a story, and the story is, honestly, full disclosure, not great. You're like this girl who's in this fantasy land, and bad guys are coming, and whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, The hook to this game is that they have a very incredibly interesting spin on tactics and about turn taking sort of um what happens is you get into battle there's a reason there's a story reason for this it doesn't matter the the point being every time you get in so when you're not in battle you're walking around real time you're walking around in this uh, isometric perspective picking up items and exploring houses and just walking around this little fantasy world whatever it's fine Uh, but when you get into a battle here's where the good shit comes in the interesting shit everything stops when you encounter an enemy, it says like fight and then everything stops immediately. Your screen is divided into 16 heartbeats, which I find is already interesting. That's a new metric. We haven't used very many times before and I'm into it. So the screen gets divided up. It's a little bar on the bottom. It's divided up into 16 sections. You move around, do whatever you want to do. And as you're moving, the heartbeat meter moves to show how much time you're using. Uh, You can attack, you can dodge, you can cast a magic spell, whatever you want to do. And the enemies will respond appropriately. So let's say that you attack, like you're, you're going to swing your sword. Uh, that happens in kind of a slow motion sort of a way. The enemy dodges, right? You miss. So you're like, oh, shit. Okay, I missed him. That sucks. So what you can do is you can stop the game, rewind your heartbeats, and the whole thing like rewinds like you're watching a video, like straight up rewind. Rewind time. And instead of doing the attack next time, you can be like, oh, I'm going to kick him next time and trip him rather than hit him with my sword. You kick the guy, he falls down, and then you can attack him, you kill him, right? So, like, in another situation, it might be you're being rushed by three guys. You get into this battle, three guys approach you, you're thinking, okay, I'm going to dodge, I'm going to dodge left. But it turns out the guy over there has got a crossbow, he nails you, you like, you die. But you don't die, you just rewind the heartbeats, rewind until, you know, it's like, like, just like in, like, a VHS tape or something, like, you rewind it, you avoid the arrow, and you're going to be like, instead of dodging, I'm going to attack that guy instead. And so you interrupt his crossbow shooting and you get past that part. So like each time you're getting into like a battle, you're kind of like step by step thinking, how can I avoid the next thing coming? What is the next thing coming? How much time will it take for this guy to swing his sword? Do I have time to dodge? Do I have time to block? What are you doing? And so it's fucking fascinating, dude. Like it's really, 
breaking down into a micro level every movement that you're doing in these little battles that you have. And if you fuck up, no problem. Just rewind a little bit and do something different. Move, dodge, jump, block, cast a spell, do whatever you want to do. There's no limit to it. You can do it as much as you want. So like theoretically, you can get through every single battle without ever taking damage because you will eventually see what people are doing and responding to you in real time. And so you can rewind it. And then stop the real time and go back and like do something different. It's fucking brilliant, dude. It's really super fucking interesting and brilliant. And I found it to be just really just like I was really absorbed into like this like micromanagement of like, okay, I'm going to go left a little bit. That's going to buy me one second over here. And if I dodge over here, oh, that didn't work. Okay, rewind. I'm going to dodge the other way. Okay, that made it. And then like you're kind of just like taking apart these little battles bit by bit. So when you rewind them and watch them run through in real time like it seems like you're like the best melee person ever oh, you're yeah. just like dodge parry block stab like you're like man that looked amazing but in the in the in the middle of it you're like oh stop rewind yes Doing no rewind back go forth rewind it's fucking it it's great like it's great it's a fucking brilliant idea i love it i think it's so clever and so different and fresh i don't know that i've ever played a game exactly like this one and that is pretty valuable to me to have that kind of a wow my brain is being pushed in new directions yeah with this game that otherwise looks so normal but when you play it it does not feel normal in any way which is marvelous the mechanic yeah, yeah but, the but even if you're rewinding time you're still getting hurt sometimes right like you're still taking damage no you don't have to you can rewind past i mean okay, okay here's here's the exception if you let too much time go by let's say for example you get clipped with a sword and then you're like instead of rewinding you're like well maybe i'll just dodge and the, the heartbeats keep going by. You can only you can only go back 16 heartbeats. So if you wait too long and then you, you try to go back when you're like at 20 heartbeats, you're going to miss that damage because you let too much time go by. But if you immediately rewind, you will not take that damage. Okay. Yeah, so it also sounds like, and I hate this word, but save scumming in uh, Battle, um, Baldur's Gate. Sure. You know save scumming is, right? Like, yeah, I, I, I hate that term. I'm never using that term again. Let's n- okay, that's the last time I'll ever say it to you. But the idea of saving something right after a decision, you know, or right before sure, a decision. Sure, sure. And lots of times it's really mandatory and needed, and um, it's actually very helpful in Baldur's Gate. Yeah. Um, I keep wanting to say Battlestar Galactica for some reason. Battlestar, Battlestar Gate? Show. Yeah, Battlestar. Baldur's Galactica? Um, uh-oh, podcast name. Baldur's Galactica. So, yeah, I think that's kind of what I would do in an action RPG a lot, is what you're describing. Yeah. So it doesn't sound as scary, but I do like, I just don't want to have to, you're, are you relying on it? Like, for, you're, you have to do you it have for every to. battle. So, that, so let me be clear. That is what the game is. Yeah, there's like no you, other battle. This is the no, battle. No, no. Will, you will not get through any battle just being like, I'm just going to just power through. Like, that, that's not a thing in this game. You have to use the system. That's exactly what this experience is based on. And that's kind of why I don't even say it's safe scumming. I mean, number one, don't even get me started on, I think it's fine to save because I'm a human who's not going to live infinitely. I need to save sometimes. Um, Like in a game like recently, um, Shadow Gambit, which just came out, which is amazing, 9 out of 10, that game is, again, all about saving. You can't play that game without saving. Like you, It's part of the story. It's part of the mechanics. They want you to save. It's part of the experience. Just like this game here, Iron Danger, you have to do the thing. Like You cannot make it through without... You're going to fuck up like, too many times. There's, there's too many surprises. There's too many things Got you're going to think you're going to die. Like, you have to do it. There's yeah. no way other. So, it is the game. It is the game. Saving and rewinding is the game. I think I still um, won't like it then. Weirdly enough. I don't think you will like it. I yeah, don't think yeah. you'll like it. And I'll tell you why. But I think it's really, like you said, it's it's very cool and different, which I like. Oh, dude. For uh, Speaking of idea alone, 10 out of 10. Brilliant idea. Yeah, I fucking yeah. love it. 
But the problem with this game is like basically everything else. So like, I don't think the story is interesting at all. Uh, I think the everything like production wise, it's really rough. I can tell it came from a small team. This team is brilliant. They've got some extremely smart people on their team. And I want to give them $5 million to be like, hey, I love you guys. I can clearly see you've got good things ahead of you. I need you to have $5 million so you can make a better game because they just need like better graphics. They need better collision. Um, I was getting hung up on some geometry, like walking around the levels. And when you add a second person, your party never grows larger than two, which you might think, well, that sucks. I'd like to have a bigger party. No, you actually wouldn't because it is a lot of work managing one person. And then you throw a second person in the mix. You're doing a lot of managing. And sometimes things get really weird because if person A does something, it changes Animes react to that. And then the thing that you plan for person B is no longer valid. You got to go back and change plans for them. Like it's, it's a lot of micromanagement. So like even like a, like a two on two battle, it can take you like 15, 20 minutes of like, okay, wait a minute. No, this didn't work. Go back. Oh, this guy's over here now. Okay, wait, change this. Go back. Like it's fun. It's fucking fun. And I love it. But like it totally changes the nature and pace of battle. And if you had more than two people on your team, I already feel like two is almost too much. I feel like maybe one is like really perfect. Um, but like, it's just, it's so much to manage and so much to juggle in, in, in one battle. It's a lot, yeah. but um, dialogue is not great. Graphics are not great. Collision is not great. UI could use some work. Like, like everything about it is just really rough and experimental, which is fine. Um, I get where they're going. This is an amazing first shot at this idea. And I really want them to take this exact same idea and just iterate, dude. I bet the second time they use this idea, it'll be fucking killer like it's such a great idea um but everything else about the experience was just was just too rough for me like it was um really frustrating to do some of the you know get stuck on a log or like my guy got clipped into something or my guy fell through the world and you know it's just it's it's not quite there in terms of production which is a shame but if you like turn-based tactics or this kind of stuff if anything i've said sounds interesting definitely worth an examination i don't know that you're going to play it all the way through but when you see what they've done you're like wow this is really fucking interesting so yeah yeah cool idea cool idea very cool idea um but yeah it just needs needs like five million more bucks and maybe another year of production so all right um last game of the show i think it's probably worthwhile to circle back to Baldur's galactica 3 yeah um everybody's still playing it everybody's still talking about it i get a ton of people asking me when am i going to play it and my answer is when it comes to console which is very so, soon like in a week or something yeah very soon so i'm planning to jump in when it hits console so i'll probably have some stuff to say about it then uh, but let's circle back since it's like the hot topic du jour, Carlos. I know you've been making a lot of videos. I saw your video where you're like doing weird stuff with animals. Uh, that was kind of funny. Yeah, uh, there's a ton of stuff with animals. The crab video was amazing. I can't wait to be a crab in that game. That looks very, very fun and amusing. But tell us, fill us in your current Baller's Gate journey. What's the status of your adventure? Did you make it to the gate, by the way? Oh, I actually made it to the gate of Baldur's Gate. The literal Baldur's Gate. Yeah, the actual gate to Baldur's Gate. I've, Did I'm you go inside? There. No, I can't I can't yet because there's oh. uh, complications. Oh, no. The biggest issue that I have for the last um, yeah few weeks, which I haven't talked about in the show, is that, and maybe I did talk about the show, I think back to the pacing issue. This is an amazing, I'm not going to cover it again, but it's a D&D-inspired RPG by Larian Studios who made Divinity Original Sin. It's like Divinity Original Sin 2, but with D&D. Yes. Done. Okay? Yes. And it's probably the perfect game they've ever made. Like, it's the, it's their perfect game so far. It's their Elden Ring. The culmination of everything they've been working on yes. all this time. Yeah. Unlike the Armored Core, the culmination of Armored Core games, that is not what that is. <laughs> no, it is, it is not. This it is, is not. The, the perfect kind of, like, turn-based RPG. Very specific there. Because um, it's your thinking man's RPG. 
Thinking Woman's RPG. Thinking Person's um, RPG. Thinking Person's RPG. And so it just feels like everything's done right. Um, it finally got a really good patch, by the way, which there was a lot of kind of bugginess that we all just dealt with. Uh, we being everybody who played it on Steam, uh, because that's where it came out first. And now it's a little more stable. But the biggest issue I had with it, with all that praise out of the way, is the pacing again. It, and again, I have friends who are listening to this podcast right now who will tell me that to eat shit and I'm playing it wrong. But in general, you know, you and I have played every RPG ever. It, the whole idea is um, they put a lot of bosses and really, really difficult battles that do spike at some point quite a bit. Um, in front of you getting to this Baldur's Gate. So Baldur's Gate is the last act of the game, the very last thing. And there's a ton of adventures to have in Baldur's Gate, Yeah. but you can't get to them because they put all this stuff in front of it. And right. it feels very much like that, um, I think it was from Simpsons or something, what's the, the phrase, wait for it, wait for it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's Simpsons. But like that's what happens is you go, oh, maybe I'm at Baldur's Gate now, or maybe I'm at the city out on the outskirts of Baldur's Gate now. No, you gotta go to the underground. You have to go beat a boss. After the boss, there's another boss. I just kept doing that wait for it thing that mm. I was very frustrated. And what I did is I went to the YouTubes and I found a cheese method for one of those bosses where you could just knock him off a platform and he's dead forever. I did that. A uh, question for you real briefly. I don't mean to derail. Yeah, no. Anything. And by the way, that reminds me of Elden Ring when I did that with Elden Ring boss. Well, something I was going to ask you, I'm not really following up on, I'm, I'm trying to go into it like as cold as possible, which is kind of impossible because everybody's talking about it. We're talking about it here on the show. So I'm going to know certain things, but I'm doing my best to like not read up on things. And I, you know, I kind of want to yeah. go into it green. Right. Um, but I did see a news article come through saying that there was a patch. I don't know if this is the same patch you're talking about, but they actually buffed some of the bosses. And I'm like, wait a minute. I remember what? Carlos telling me that the bosses were too hard or that they were shitty or cheap, but I heard they, bu they buffed a bunch of bosses. Did you find that? I don't know. I don't, I'm past them. I'm past all of them except this last them. act. Okay. Okay. So, and now I'm just having fun because, again, pacing wise, and you'll see this, I just, they, they build so much like difficult material and landscape. You can't even like get away from like an open world game or an Elden Ring or whatever. You can go to another place in the map, right? Yeah. 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 This is like, no, no, no. They're all gated. It feels like a DD campaign to its credit, but it's like, okay, now go do this huge section. You can go back and forth a little bit, but in order to go to further in the game, in the campaign, you're going to have to beat this whole section, you know? Right, right, right. So I just think the pacing's wrong, in my opinion. Um, that said, and for the defenders and all the you know people saying that I'm wrong, I think this game isn't really about that. It's not about beating the game. It's about just having fun in the D&D-ness of it about all. the friends you made along the way. Well, not even the... Yes, but also it's about the friends you make like every second, Right. It's like you go to the next town and do all of the things there. You know, it wants you to basically do all of the things. Right, and I right, think right. all of the kind of fun weirdness that happens in the turn-based um, encounters is the game. Almost like you said with that time mechanic, is the game. Yeah. yeah. What I'm not accepting because I'm you know get through game quick. Sure. Uh, guy, play games wrong uh, on TikTok, glitch to the ground. Um, is uh, is that you know they want me to sit in it 
They want me yeah. to relax. Yeah, just just soak it all in. Take soak it, it all Don't in. Don't rush. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, if you yeah. do that, you'll you'll probably be fine. I still think you'll get to a place where there's all these puzzles and two bosses in a row, and you're gonna like fuck. Carlos was right. Um, but besides that, this game is genius and beautiful. And what is really fun to me, all that aside, is that now that I've beaten all the, I think the toughest part of the game, there is this circus. It's a fun little circus outside of Baldur's Gate and all this fun contents there. And not just like fun content, but more battles and more side missions and things to just do. And so now I'm officially sitting down in it and just not in a rush to get to Baldur's Gate because it's right there, by the way. I could see it, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And by the way, they did gate that as well, uh, pun intended, where they put put guards in front of it and said, hey, if you come here, we're going to arrest you. And there's one thing where you can go to prison, you know, and that's how you get in. But, yeah, it's just tricky. They keep gating things, and maybe it's because they want people to do that. Like I said, just just enjoy the moments, you know. But fuck, that game is good. I'm making a million videos, and like you said, some of my favorite videos right now are the ones where you can create familiars, which are yeah. just different animals. So I created a, a cat, and um, you can be the cat. Yeah. So you can actually just select the cat familiar and just walk around as that. By the way, I'm playing on controller on Steam, and that changes the whole UI. Oh, really? Oh, that's good. That's excellent. And it changes the whole perspective of movement. So you can actually walk around like in third person, and you don't do that in the mouse and keyboard. Interesting. Interesting. I don't know that I've heard of many games doing that big of a shift between controller or mouse i that's fascinating that well why like they're doing it is because they have they made the console port right yeah, yeah yeah yeah. so it's like they're already ready for it and i think it's genius right and so when i'm doing this video where i'm a cat it's me just walking you know third person as a cat yeah yeah i saw it uh, with my controller by the way that video this is a humble brag it won't stop getting views i just did one that i like better which is crabby i think that's yeah. better video no one cares for some reason but this one Almost 600,000. Wow, that's amazing, dude. And I'm like, what is about that? I don't know. Well, one of those was me. One of them is you, yeah. So really, it's only 599999. And one was me. Yeah. Okay, so 599999998. But like every second I look at my phone, it's something's happening with that video. It's crazy. Yeah, right on, right on. I just bring that up because I'm going to take credit away from me from that video. This game is, what is it? Highlights the game. You know, yeah, like cool special moments. The game, tons of tons of memeable moments. Yes, that's what it is. And I think other games that we'll be talking about, uh, you know, have that capacity, and a lot of RPGs do. But yeah, it's really fun. I fucking love it. And now, like I said, this is part of my uh, update is that I'm just sitting down in it and I'm just relaxing, and I'm doing like small missions and just taking my time. Yeah, yeah. But well, I that sounds the like the way act. to do it, though. That sounds like the way to do it. Yeah, yeah. All right. Baldur's Gate 3. Sounds like Carlos is having a great time making crab videos. I'm looking forward to getting into it. Uh, when I it know. I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. I got to be I got to be honest with you, dude. I am a little bit scared because I have played the previous um, Larian works. And sometimes I really click with them really strong. And sometimes I don't. And what was the, the one they did right before this? It was Divinity Original, Original, Original Sin, Sin 2. Sin 2. Yeah. 
I feel like that one I kind of bounced off a little bit. I want to go back and give it another try, but now here's Baldur's Gate 3, so I guess I might as well play this one first. So we'll see. I'm, I'm definitely interested. It's definitely in my wheelhouse for the most part, so we'll see how it works on console. But you've given me um, good hope with that word of different perspective, different UI. Let, that sounds like they're really pouring a lot of resources into it, which is great. They really are. They spent so much time on it. This brings up two quick points before we leave it, okay, yeah. and then we're done. Yeah. Is one, uh, I bounced off Original Sin 2 as well, I think, and we can like look back at this later and say, Carlos was right. People are going to say no. But I think they have an, a pacing problem because okay. that's what I felt in Original Sin 2. I felt like they were these walls, literal walls. Remember that town you go to? It was one of the first towns. It was one of the first towns. And they yeah, go, you that. can't leave this town. And I'm like, that's not an RPG. Right. And now there's like six ways out of that town. Right to the D and Dness of yeah. it, yeah. But they're kind of hard, and you like are weak and not strong, and they are very much like parties. So they really want you to get a bunch of people. You know, you can't solo it. If you try to solo original sin two, you're fucked. And so I feel like that's it. It's like they want you to play it a certain way, Larian. And even though they're giving you tons of options, I don't know. I'm not. A, I think their pacing might be a little off. Okay. Um, the last thing I'll say is in a comment on that video one of my TikTok videos, someone asked, it was a younger person saying, hey, I can't play Baldur's Gate because it's mature. Remember, this game has nudity in it. That's right. Um, and it is 18 plus or whatever. So to that kid and everybody else listening who's younger, um, you can play Original Sin 1 because I think it's Peggy 16. Okay, there you go. So there you go. If you want to play a game and you're like, or all your friends are playing Baldur's Gate 2. And that's a good game too. It's a great game. Both yeah. those games are yeah. good games. So if you're a younger viewer or a listener, check out Original Sin 1. You can play that. You probably get some cred too because you'd be like, oh yeah, all you noobs are like jumping on a Baldur's Gate 3. Yeah, I played Original Sin I 1. I played that's Original. Where, what that's where doing? it started. Yeah. That's where I got in on the, on the ground floor, you guys. Yeah, do that. So, all right. Cool, cool, cool. All right, that is the main portion of our show. Covered quite a few games right there. As a recap, just for people, if you're writing these down, Venba, our official score, 8.5. Save Koch, Fort Solace, Armored Core 6, Immortals of Avium, Iron Danger, and Baldur's Gate 3. A couple things before we go, non-game related, tangential perhaps, other random stuff. Uh, I've got a couple things, Carlos. You got anything non-games related? Just real quick, I'm watching Disenchantment. I feel like yeah. you don't like it or you do. No, I watched the whole thing, dude. We loved it, yeah. Well, it's not. It's still, there's a new season coming out right now. Yeah. Is it out now or when it's is it September coming out? September 1st. Okay, we, we are caught up, basically. Right, you saw part five then. You saw Everything that is out, okay. we watched, yes. I'm watching part five, which is the last part right now. Yes. Before the new one. Um, and I had had a couple episodes of part four that I hadn't seen. And I was oh, like, what? Oh, man. So those last two episodes are great Yes. in part four. And that got me excited to keep going with it. I don't know what happened, but in part four in general, the writing got better. And some of those jokes are like laugh out loud. Oh, dude. Yeah. To me. Sure. Yeah. Because I feel like the first couple of seasons were slow. And I think we even said that on the show. Um, but man, oh man, is it picked up? And I just think the writing's better now. Oh, dude, I love Disenchanted. I, I love me and my son both. Disenchantment. Watched it. Disen I'm sorry, yes. Disenchantment. Yes, uh, loved it so much. In fact, we're planning a replay. My wife has never seen it because um, I think she was like working at the time. I think my son and I started watching it while my wife was. <laughs> sounds crazy. While she was still in the office. Boy, that was a while ago. Oh yeah. Uh, like pre-COVID or whatever. So we started watching it then, and she wasn't around, so she didn't watch it. But we watched everything. We've seen all the episodes. We're totally caught up, and we love it. And I think we're gonna rewatch it 
with my wife this time because I bet she would love it if she gave it a chance now that she's uh, working from home. So yeah, uh, Disenchantment is the shit. It's really, really good. I it's love really it. fucking good. New yeah. season soon. And I'm watching it like my multimedia thing and then playing Baldur's Gate. So it's perfect for that. Okay. Right um, on, right on. And I think that was it. Okay. Yeah. Um, I just watched The Meg Part 2, which just came out on VOD a couple days ago. Jason Statham, uh, big Megalodon shark. I wa- Did you see The Meg number one, the first one? I know of it. I didn't watch it, no. Oh, man. That was a fun ride. That was just a really fun movie and very cool. The Meg 2 is okay. Um, I think... So this is going to be like a weird complaint, and this is a really hyper-specific complaint. But I don't know what's going on in Hollywood, but I'm noticing that more and more films are being co-produced with Chinese money. Um, And China has a lot of money. They're really, you know, China's got a whole film industry all on its own that has nothing to do with Hollywood. But I'm noticing that more and more, some movies, I mean, I, I don't know if they're like not able to be greenlit without the Chinese investment or what's going on, but... It does definitely change the tenor of a film in certain ways. Um, this one had really heavy, really heavy influence. And not th- I'm not saying it's a bad thing or anything. I'm not trying to sound racist at all. But it's like the sensibilities of a Chinese audience, I think, are very different than one of an American audience. Not that that's good or bad. I think it's just different. And that's true of any co- any country, right? Like you go to India, Indian movies are different. You go to Russia, Russian movies are different. Like that's just a thing, a fact, right? But um, like I, I think I first noticed this kicking off with um, Pacific Rim 2. Uh, that movie was not going to get made um, because the first one didn't make enough money uh, until Guillermo del Toro found a Chinese backer. And so they went in on it halfsies. And I think some of that Chinese sensibility influenced that film. I don't think it's a great film. Mm. Um, I don't know if that's just me saying I don't care for Chinese film. I don't think that's true. I've seen Chinese films that I really liked. I just don't know what's going on. But I think the meshing of what I expect from something that I perceive as one type of film is not 100% meshing with the Chinese sensibility. Same thing with The Meg 2. Number one, I felt like it was too long. And number two, lots of parts where I'm like, okay, this feels like it was made for the Chinese audience, which is fine, I guess. If you're, you know, it just just feels like not the movie that it would have been if not for the Chinese backers. And I don't know, maybe I'm just coming off as a real racist asshole or something. But I just feel like it really changes the flavor of a film. I didn't enjoy this one as much. Uh, it was okay. I mean, it, I mean, I like any movie with Jason Statham. He's like one of the good guys in my book where I basically enjoy every movie he ever does. He's just a likable guy. I like his action. Um, it just it just felt like too nice. That, that It sounds ironic to say, and this is not a pun, but I kind of feel like the teeth were taken out of the Meg 2. Mm. There wasn't as much blood as I expected, not as many scares, not as much. It was just kind of watered down a little bit. Mm. Um, and I noticed that's a common thing with, uh, with a lot of Chinese films. So... I'm sure I'm going to get a bunch of hate mail for that. I'm not I'm not racist. I'm not not trying to be anti-China in any way, but I just feel like this trend in filmmaking is something that I'm noticing and I wonder if other people are noticing that as well. So. Well, no, there's just certain rules though in China that we don't have. Yeah. And so there's yeah. movies and and media that is made to adhere to it. That's just yeah. a reality. So. Yeah, I'm definitely feeling the Chinese influence and I I don't know that it quite works in some of these films, but all right, anyway, it was still, you know, I've seen worse. That's for sure. Uh, the other thing I want to say real quickly, did I, I talked about me watching um, Beauty and the Beast before, right? The one from the 80s with... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We, my wife and I just finished season one. And I got to say, Beauty and the Beast season one is like blue balls the show. Like it is so fucking crazy where 
if you don't know, if you haven't seen it, this explain is from... Explain yourself because that's confusing I, to me. I, I will definitely explain myself. Linda Hamilton plays uh, Catherine Chandler, I think her name is, and Ron Perlman plays Vincent, who is like a half-man, half-lion. He lives in the tunnels under New York. The show starts off with him just being kind of like, like, a, like a homeless encampment underneath Central Park, but as the series goes on, it gets more and more magical, and it becomes eventually like this like entire underground mystical medieval world underneath New York. They really lean into it, which I think is cool. But the problem with the show is you got to remember the time it was created. It's created like in the late '80s, maybe mid to, mid to late '80s, and Ron Perlman looks like a lion. He looks like a lion dude. He's got like lion features, lion's mane, um, and so they were really scared. To have Linda Hamilton, who looks like a human woman, kissing or being romantic with this guy because bestiality or weirdness or like he's like an animal. That's fucking gross and weird. And like, obviously, we know that's not a factor for most people because you go online and like furries is like a thing. Uh, anthropomorphism or anthropomorphism is a thing. I mean, you can't get away from like bunny girls and cat girls. And like, it's like a thing everywhere. No one gives there a was shit. animal people in a game you talked about today. Yeah, exactly. Right. So like, but back then you can tell that they're very scared of it because they talk about their passion and their love for each other. And like, they complete each other and their soulmates and stuff. And yet for like half the show, they just like look at each other longingly from about six feet apart. That's as, that's as far as they were going to go. Right. Yeah. And then like later on towards the end of the show, they start hugging a little bit. And the first time they hug, I gasp. I'm like, Oh my God, they're touching. What the hell? Because it's been so crazy. They haven't touched. And in the very, this, I mean, spoiler for a show that's like 40 years old, I guess in the very last episode of season one, they quote unquote kiss, but it's only like their shadows. You can't see their faces. It's just like the shadows. And I was like, Oh my God, they're kissing. I looked to my wife. I'm like, Holy shit, they're doing it. But like, the crazy part about this series is they often say we can't be together. Vincent's world is underground and he's half a lion and I'm a rich woman from New York and we can't be together. And we, I look at my wife. I'm like, why the fuck not? Like he can live in your apartment. No one would notice. You could go live with him in the underground. No one would care. What is the barrier here? There's nothing. There's no barrier. Yeah. The only barrier is the CBS uh, standards and policies department saying you guys can't shack up. But like it's dumb because they constantly pine for each other. And yet literally nothing is keeping them apart. It's the weirdest disconnect mentally like ever. That sounds not fun to me. Yeah. It's like blue balls to show because they never, they, they, oh, I they, get it now. they don't right. kiss. They never do anything. And it's funny too, because I didn't realize this. I don't know if I mentioned this, but George RR R. Martin is the producer of the show. Did you know that? No, I didn't. He was doing this before he was doing game of Thrones. He even guest stars in the first episode. Oh, that's funny. He is um fat homeless guy in the first episode. And I'm like, that's George RR R. Martin. And then the credits roll. I'm like, yep, that was him. That was, <laughs> he looks exactly the same. It's fucking hilarious. Anyway, Blue Balls, the show. We're still liking it. We're still watching it. We're going to watch the whole thing. It's really interesting as an artifact from the 80s in many ways. So there you go. You always make me want to go back to watch 80s stuff, though. That's cool. I, oh, I do man. get the inspiration to do that. Me and the wife are going through it right now. Nostalgia for sure. Yeah. So, oh, anyway. I have one more thing I watched. All right, go for it. Um, I forgot this because there's this uh, one theater I go to. Uh, not very often, but it's the iPick, and it's this thing where I think I told you, it's where I saw Nope. It's uh, these little cubicles that you get to sit in. So Never heard of it. You yeah. don't sit next to people. You kind of sit in your own little cubicle. All right. Uh, anyways, it feels really cool, and it's you know this COVID era still happening. Um, it makes me feel better about it. So anywho, I went to see Oppenheimer finally. Oh, okay. Just because it? all the rage, or whatever. Um, and yeah, I think that my short answer is. There's parts of it that are really fucking uh, brilliant's the wrong word, but 
amazing. There's parts of it that are amazing. In the filming of it, the cinematography, the sound, the choices he makes to to do certain edits and stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. There's literally a section in the part where uh, a section of the movie that feels like an homage to David Lynch. Okay. Where, and I, in my opinion, David Lynch is better uh, than Nolan, but um, or different, but also better. And he's like, yeah, it feels like an homage to kind of that kind of a film. But the only problem is it's super long, like three hours. Oof. And generally, like a Blade Runner, a couple other games like Dune games, movies like Dune, I was just all in and I didn't even see the time. Right. It's good enough. Yeah. Um, but this one I did because the like last act is about, um, what's it called? A trial. Mm-hmm. And there's no stakes to the trial. Oh, really? All the stakes are this the atom bomb, right? right the hydrogen right, bomb, right. all these other stuff. And the beginning of the book, or beginning of the a movie... <laughs> you were Mr. Multimedia today. I know. Well, there's a reason why I just mess, did that mess up. is because the beginning of the movie is about Schranger and um, uh, Niels Bohr, and they're talking about scientists and Oppenheimer and physicists and talking about how reality isn't real and blah, blah, blah. And I'm looking over at my buddy going like, this is my life. You know, this is my world. I love quantum physics. And Einstein's in it, by the way. And I'm like, oh, man. And I'm just getting real excited because it's produced well and it's about quantum physics. But then it shifts. It's obviously about the bomb. But then it shifts again. It's about a court case. Mm. So it's like they fucked up the again pacing. You should make this episode called Pacing, Pacing, Pacing. Pacing is so important. Um, Because then I'm lost and I don't care anymore. And we had like 20 minutes to go in the film. And I was like, or maybe even half an hour. So I think it's too long. And they should have focused more on the science of it because that is really fascinating. And the bomb is fucking terrible and fascinating. Um, So parts of it were really good is my answer. Um, But I said book just now because right before the movie, I picked up a book. About to start it today. It's called The Universe in a Box, Simulations and the Quest to Code the Cosmos by Andrew Potsnin, which is P-O-N-T-Z-E-N. Uh, and so I'm excited about that book. All right. Well, I haven't seen Oppenheimer. I don't think I'll probably watch it. It doesn't sound like my jam, but I have seen a lot of the chat afterwards from people who feel like it's kind of lionizing him a little bit too much. Like they don't go into the other aspects. I get that the movie can't be about lionizing is remind me again. Like where you're like playing him up like really big. Like he's kind of like this interesting. You're taking away all the bad stuff and just focusing on only the good stuff or like, you know, kind of putting him up. I haven't seen the movie. I can't say for myself, but a lot of people in my feed and a lot of discussions I've seen have been like, yeah, but you didn't talk about all the bad shit that happened and all the other all the awful stuff that went into the reality of it, but that you didn't really even touch on in the movie and stuff like that. So I don't know. He Uh, they touch on a couple of bad things. Do they? For sure. Yeah. Well, I haven't seen it. Probably not my jam, but there are a, a large number of people out there who are unhappy with that film for that for that reason. But I can't say. I'm just throwing that in there just to stir the pot. So Yeah, and besides that, I think more importantly is is the film too long and is it good, right? Like, is it there made well? Yeah. It's made fucking great, and it's too long. That's my opinion. So. There you go. There you go. All right, folks, that is it. The show is over. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for listening. As always, we'd love to get your questions and comments. Hit us up, SoVideoGamesPodcast at gmail.com. Hit us up individually as well. Carlos, where are we sending your traffic this week? Glitch to the ground. And you can just do GTTG, and you search that anywhere now, pretty much. It's because like of TikTok, all these views. Instagram. Yeah, TikTok. Uh, not Instagram. TikTok and YouTube. Uh, if you t- search for GTTG. So if you Google it, it'll come up. And you Google it, it comes up. Yeah, because like, we've got enough views. I just hit a million 
uh, views um, nice. on TikTok. There you go. So, uh, yeah, just search for that and look at all my dumb videos. All right, there you go. As for me, um, basically on every platform, but mostly Twitter, Instagram, and a little bit of Blue Sky these days. It's my name, B-R-A-D-G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y, all A's, no O's. And that's going to do it for episode 351. Thank you so much for joining us here on the So Video Games Podcast. And, well, we're going to have a special episode coming up, but we'll also see you next week. See you next week, and also on Thursday.